This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO, or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. Hello, you numpties. This is the villain, Marty Skell, and you're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast. (laughs) You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 104. I'm Nick Howell. And residing in a city where the last thing that we want anyone to do is to burn it down, I am Sir Ian Dangerous, <laughs> and welcome to the show. I have to say, I, I'm going to be a little froggy today. I do live in sunny Southern California in Los Angeles, and we're on fire, Nick. You got out of here just in time. My God, <laughs> the place is uh, depending on the direction the wind is going. It's either a hellscape yeah. or it's normal. But uh, today it's a little bit <clears throat> out there. So uh, forgive me. But uh, that's not the only thing on fire this week. The Twitterverse, the online uh, wrestling community is on fire for reasons that we'll get into shortly and reasons yes. I'm sure, Nick, that you were hotly anticipating to keep the analogy going. I'm, I'm, I'm twitching. I'm I, shaking. Well, then if we're going to do that, you better give some housekeeping before we get, we get we really get going with the show here. Yes, absolutely. As always, guys, you can head over to Facebook and join us in the Busted Wide Open discussion group. It is the hub of our operation. Post some fun memes, weekly discussion threads on each of the shows in WWE. Come over, join us. We uh, invite everybody there. Uh, also, follow us on Twitter at BWO Podcast. Uh, if you like this show and want to support what we do, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of our kick-ass tiers over there such to get rewards such as listener questions read right here on the show, uh, copies of show notes, bonus episodes that we still owe people one, That's, I think, in from October. We do. We'll get to that. Uh, as well as some swag, all kinds of good stuff there. Again, it's patreon.com slash BWO. And to all of our current patrons, thank you. Thank you very much for all of your support. Yes, indeed. Thank you for your patience as well. We know the show is going through a bit of a uh, awkward patch right now with uh, some some moving on Nick's part, but we will get it back Baby on steps, track. Baby guys. steps. Baby steps. It's coming back. We're going to be stronger than ever, we promise you. And it is uh, it is go-home week. For Survivor Series and TakeOver LA this week in WWE. That's that's the big stuff that's happening this week is that we got the go-homes for the, one of the biggest shows of the year for WWE yes. and another big NXT show. But that's not what's the real big story this week, Nick. That's not the, the biggest thing that happened this week. There was a, a, a rather significant event that happened this week. And we know that we're putting the show out a little bit late in the week, so... We're pretty sure that everyone is up on what happened, 
But if you're not, we're going to have to go and talk about it over in the big news. I have, um, I've, I've prepared a statement. Oh, have you now? <laughs> um, I, because <laughs> you need to have all your thoughts written down in one place, huh? This, this is, this is that time where it's like, there's part of me that just says, wants to say, I told y'all. All right. Shit. All right. All right. But, but before but, but I, 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 I've, I've calmed down stop. and yes. I, the, <laughs> one of the reasons that we took an extra day this week was to do. Some research really assess the things that have gone on throughout the course of this week and and, that, and no. just make sure. That that right. and you needed to get a desk to put your computer on. But that you know, that here's the thing. I, I don't want to do what we did uh, a week or two ago where I just let you go off on Braun Strowman. I'm gonna set this up. I will set this up completely neutrally, and then I okay. will I will allow you to read your prepared statement, Mr. Howell. So this week, uh, before we're going to obviously talk about it more in depth in our segment on Monday Night Raw. But on Monday Night Raw, uh, as is somewhat traditional before Survivor Series, there was an invasion of one brand by the other brand. We were having a, a, a women's segment at the end of the show on Monday Night Raw. And out into this women's segment, in the middle of this whole thing where they were announcing the, the Raw Women's SmackDown team, we see that backstage Becky Lynch has broken into the uh, the raw stadium and is has uh, Ronda Rousey in an armbar and disarm her and uh, leaves her laying on the floor after yelling at her and proceeds to stalk out to the ring seemingly solo to a ring full of Raw's women's roster. Uh, meanwhile, the other SmackDown ladies attack them all from behind and a giant scrum happens. It's, it's nothing new. We've seen this all happen before, before Survivor Series. One brand attacks the other. Uh, they've been doing this ever since the brand split with a Survivor Series. So nothing new there. But at some point in this scrum, and it wasn't, it wasn't readily visible on Raw itself. The camera wasn't in the right place. At some point, Becky Lynch got busted open. She, had, she took a shot to the face, and she was just gushing blood out of her nose. And uh, at the time, it was a really cool visual because Becky looked even more badass and hardcore than she has looked already because she had this beautiful kind of half crimson mask going on and ended up putting down Ronda Rousey again with a chair and walking up into the crowds, posing with this bloodied face and this badass look on her face. And it was a great visual. And I think that uh, going forward, it's only going to add to the legend of Becky Lynch. But agreed. But here is the kicker: is that shortly after Raw aired, people who were live in the arena began to post videos that they'd been taking from their cell phones of how Becky Lynch got busted open. Becky Lynch got busted open because as she rushed into the ring, uh, there was a scrum in the corner. Nia Jax and Tamina were beating up Charlotte. Becky rushed in, attacked Nia Jax, who turned around and threw a shot across Becky's face, which laid her out on the ground and stunned her pretty hard for a couple of seconds. And then Becky got back up and slowly was get was fed back into the match by, I believe, Alicia Fox gave her some, like, fed her back into it. And then at one point she went off on the side and got some uh, tending to by a doctor. But it was, uh, it was very clear that Nia Jax had punched Becky Lynch in the face so hard that the next night on SmackDown, it was announced, and they showed it on SmackDown in slow motion. Like They showed it from even better angles in HD on SmackDown that Nia just 
clocked Becky Lynch full on in the face. They showed it in HD, and they announced that due to a, as they put it, broken face, uh, which we know actually from the actual report is a broken nose and a concussion, that Becky Lynch will not be able to perform her duties at Survivor Series and her match with Ronda Rousey has been canceled. And uh, through some storyline stuff, they, they did a substitute for it. We'll get into that in SmackDown. But the bottom line is, Nia Jax punched Becky Lynch in the face in the middle of a angle in the ring, broke Becky's nose, gave her concussion, and Becky Lynch no longer able to compete with Ronda Rousey at Survivor Series. Those are the facts. Those are the hard facts of the situation. Did I miss anything, Nick, before you get... I, I can hear you just chomping at your bit over there. Did I, did I miss nope. anything important, or, or are, we, are we set up? No, no, gonna- I think that sets, that sets the nice neutral groundwork timeline of facts as okay. they occurred. All right, so let's... As we stand right now, Nia Jax broke Becky's face. Ronda Rousey matches off. Nick, I understand that you have a prepared statement that you would like to read about this. I do. If I, I've been working on this all week. I just want you guys to know. If you're new to the show, um, if you're new to the show, I have to set this up as well. Nick, not a fan of Nia Jax. I, I think is a one way to put it. That that's a fair statement. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why don't you? Just, we'll, we'll, we'll leave. We'll leave, I'll leave that it there. To and what? Yes, why don't you? Well, go ahead, Nick. After they hear what I have to say in the next uh, sixty uh, seconds, go right ahead, Nick. The floor is yours. <clears throat> the floor is yours. <clears throat> it's not often that I latch onto such a talentless figure in professional wrestling as much as I have Nia Jax. There's plenty of superstars that have come and gone that we really haven't shed a tear over or lost a night of sleep. However. Between Bailey, Sasha, Charlotte, Alexa Bliss, and now Becky Lynch, enough is enough. Oh, and, and let's not forget Asuka and Zelina Vega as well. I, I'm not lost on, on those two. She has now injured all of the four horsewomen, Alexa Bliss, and multiple others. When I heard what happened on Monday night, I mostly blew it off a little as probably getting overhyped and just rolled my eyes a bit, but... But when I saw the pictures of Becky's face that started to appear online, you know, covered in blood, I had the same kind of first reaction that you just described, Ian, which was, that looks pretty badass. I, but I knew something was different about this. So I, I went on a mission. I, I, I kind of I, I went and found every camera angle that I could, every in-person photo and video that I could. And, and frankly, something that I don't do often enough, I listened to both sides equally. Okay. I listened to the arguments of no one would be talking, quote, unsafe worker if this had happened between two men. Uh, bullshit. We, we've been riding Seth Rollins for the longest time, and you, he could certainly be categorized as an unsafe worker due to his string of injuries in that span of time between John Cena, Sting, and Finn Balor. But the level of talent, talent he brings to the mic and in the ring on any given night Nia Jax wishes she had that in her pinky finger. Same for Samoa Joe and countless other superstars that we have all stamped unsafe on in the past. The bottom line is this. Some view my accosting of Nia Jax being unsafe as sort of a, a, a running gag. Like Ian said, if you've been listening to the show, you've, you've heard us go on and on about it. But, but it was never meant to be. It has always been genuine on my part. And for the record, has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that she is female. But let me make this crystal clear. She just lined up and Mike Tyson knockout punched Becky Lynch in the face. Period. And while it did create an interesting, dare I say, busted wide open moment, 
because Becky Lynch is a trooper and wrote it out for the sake of the company and the show, it's clearly a shoot by a desperate, irrelevant superstar clinging to what shred of relevance she has left now that Rousey and Bliss have moved on beyond her from this summer. So those that have been with us from the beginning here on the show will also remember us ripping sexy stardust shreds for shooting on another female down in Mexico. This is no different. It should be treated and spoken about accordingly. And I can look past green to a certain extent, but this is not that. Not anymore. She gets no more benefit of the doubt from me, and, and, and I know that there are a lot of people out there that feel the same way. The only redemption where I'll be okay with anything that transpired this week and led to the Survivor Series, what's the word I want to use, hobbled, injured Survivor Series that we're now going to have, is WWE releasing an announcement that Nia Jax has been released and we wish her the best on her future endeavors. That's all I got to say. Well, about all right. That. All right, Nick. Uh, strong words, strong words. Uh, so you think the only way out of this is to fire Nia Jax? The only- I don't want her sent to de- back to developmental because then she's going to hurt people that are doing really good down there. I- I'm, Even I'm just, if she, I'm all she does down I'm there done. is train. She's not on NXT. She's not on NXT developmental. She's in the performance center. Like That, that wouldn't even, that wouldn't even uh, be okay for you? Let, let's bring great Kali back and give him a title push. You know, it's just not uh, not uh, unreasonable. It's just silly at this point. The fact that she continues to get be at the top of the card when she just it's I don't I said what okay. I wanted to all say. Right. Uh, you know, I could sit here and ramble on about all of the different reasons that there are 20 plus other superstars with tenfold the talent and ability standing behind her waiting for that. So chance. to paraphrase Sam Jackson, oh, oh, you were finished. Well, allow me to retort. So there's a number of things about this that I wanted to kind of pick at as well. Uh, now, let me make it clear up front that from all appearances, as someone who's not a worker, not someone who I, I've taken a few bumps in my life, but I have never worked a full match legit. All right. I will put that out there right now. So I'm looking at it with very much amateur eyes from that standpoint. But I have talked to friends of the show who are workers. I've listened to people who have gotten in the ring and their opinions on it. And opinions have varied, but uh, but mo- for the most part, first of all, Judith Brooke, who's a friend of the show and, and has host, host on the show as well, has worked in the ring. Uh, she said that it looked bad, but she could also understand how it could have been a mistake. And uh, Jericho, on his show as well, was like, it looked like a legit punch, but we'll wait and see, was his reaction as well. Um, the, my thing looking at it was initially, wow, that really looks bad. It really looks like she, yep. as you said, turned, looked, lined up, and just gave her a big old right cross. Just boom, right in the face. And as you saw, the, uh, uh, Naya did post a picture of her hand uh, later in the week uh, uh, saying, well, everyone's so concerned about Becky's face. What about my hand? And she had a, a nice little split on her knuckle and a big, it was a, bit, a lot of swelling right on her uh, her third knuckle, showing that she had actually like real like perfectly punched her in the face it's a perfect punch um so it looked really bad and so i was trying to say okay let's look at this let's let's assume it was not intentional let's hope that it was someone being as you said green uh or inexperienced or just screwing up and it's and to be honest the more i looked at it the harder it was to see it that way was her hair in her eyes and so she misjudged Yes, but you don't throw a, a punch with follow through in a scrum. You know what I mean? You, you even look at the other girls who were in there 
who were experienced workers, and they were throwing less than you know full on punches because it because yeah. it is chaotic. Even Lana got in some trouble because once apparently everything started going down, her punches she weren't even close. And she tweeted out the reason for that. She saw blood on Dana and, and heard people calling for doctors and thought, oh, oh, I don't want to injure anybody. I better start really pulling my punches, which I thought was a very pro thing to do, um, even though it looked like crap. So it looked bad from it looked bad from that aspect as well. So I could say, uh, yeah, maybe hair got in her eyes. Maybe uh, she didn't quite see what she was doing. Maybe it was chaotic. But it's still, that was that punch, the way that she threw it, was just too legit of a punch. I went back and looked some more of those fan videos, and Becky did come on in on her really hot. And I think Becky clocked her in the back of the head right when she was coming in on her. So I think one, you think it's some one kind possibility of was it could have been, if you, if you look at it right at the beginning, there's one fan video in particular that I think was posted in our Facebook discussion group where Becky comes in really hot on Nia, and it looks like her first forearm just bangs Nia in the back of the head. And you can see Nia kind of shudder and react, and that's when she turns around and just you know gives this almost like get-off-me punch. And if it was a receipt, then it was a really poorly delivered receipt. And frankly, if it was a receipt, that's not a receipt that you give. You, that's not a potato. That's a, that's a full-on malicious hit. And that's not yeah. good either, because I can totally excuse if someone screwed. Like, here's the thing: we were all up on Brie Bella when she kicked kicked Liv Morgan in the face, but that was just a straight up screw up. That was she took her eyes off of where she was kicking. The timing became off, et cetera, et cetera. It's excusable. If Nia turned around and said, "I can't believe you hit me. I'm going to hit you," but then misjudged the force of her hit and the accuracy and KO'd Becky Lynch and cost this company a huge match at their next big four pay per view. That's a big deal. Bye. That's a big deal. I don't know if it's fireable. It has happened in the past. They've fired people who were high up uh, in the company for this kind of thing. I'm looking at uh, Mr. Anderson in particular. Ken Anderson was fired for this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but people have also not been fired for this kind of thing. Seamus kicking out Jeff Hardy's tooth, for example. Um, and also, uh, I think that this is the sort of thing that given the setup that they've, that they've had so far with all of these matches... Uh, for Nia and the stuff that's happening in Nia's future, the push that she has right now and the placement she has in the card, the fact they're just turning her heel. I think that this company will not fire her. They may have, there may be some ramifications and we may see them coming in the, in the next few months. Uh, and you'll have to excuse me because the fire is getting to me. But uh, I have a feeling that this company will make lemonade out of these lemons because this is such perfect heel heat for Nia Jax right now. She's turning into it on Twitter where she's making, she's going, oh, boo-hoo, poor little Becky couldn't handle me punching her. Yeah, we're she's, not delivering the mail. We're right. blah, blah, blah. And people are getting all kinds of worked up over all of her tweets as they, w- that's perfect. That's exactly, the, that's what they want. Please get worked up over this. If this is something where backstage they, you know, they can say, all right, we, they know things we don't. And they say, all right, it was a screw up or that was a receipt for Becky or, hey, Naya, you know, knock that off or we're going to send you back down. Or if we see in the next couple of months that they de-push her or she gets squashed by Ronda or something like that, we can look back and say, all right, that's where the comeuppance was. I, I don't want to see is, her anymore. But this, that's, that's fine. But this is also going to be some serious money. 
for WWE on the one hand. I'm, 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 I'm going to start getting into a little bit of not even devil's advocate anymore. I'm going to start getting into predictions. Because right now, Nia Jax is coming up on a big feud with Ronda Rousey. And the heat she's going to have going into that is going to be absolutely nuclear. Yeah, we could talk potentially Roman Reigns nuclear booze. Oh, beyond, uh, coming beyond out. that. Yeah. Beyond that. So, you know, I think that there is definitely a good argument based on what I saw, but with my obviously amateur eyes uh, and not knowing the full story of backstage, what I saw, I could see there's a, there's a good argument for sending her back down to develop, developmental and making her work a little harder. She was brought up too quickly, um, but I've never seen this level of just that's that it looked really bad and i've 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 defended her on a few occasions before and i've i've definitely said that you know i don't think she's as bad as as you think she is but this definitely looked bad that being said i don't think she should be fired i do not think she should be fired for this uh unless it was something that they determined backstage was malicious if she ends up being fired then i will join you and say okay then they determined it was malicious and she should have been fired um, but I, and I've got, I'm going to move on to another aspect, but, uh, I think you have something that you want to say to that or, well, I just, I want to talk about the, the next step and, and what this means for Becky. And we've got an interesting six months ahead of us, uh, headed towards mania. Yeah. And, and don't forget, we've got the Royal rumble in the middle of that as sure. well in, in, in 60 days. So if even that at this point, so th- I, I can certainly see how they can spin this around for Becky especially if the match with Charlotte and Ronda is 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 worth its salt, which there's no reason to think it won't be, but I still have my hesitations. I, I'm actually going to go to the next step and say that Becky should actually be thanking Nia Jax at this point. Uh, I doubt she's ever going to do that. I, I'm <laughs> going to, I don't think that she's going to be like, wow, I'm so glad you punched me in the face, but let's look at it this way. Before this happened on Monday Night Raw, the main event for WrestleMania was rumored to be Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey. That is now the match at Survivor Series. Becky Lynch is now being held back, and almost overnight, the rumor became, not even the rumor, the report from, from credible sources and credible reporters was that the new idea for WrestleMania was Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch as the main event of WrestleMania based on the reaction that they had from Becky Lynch for Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch just got punched into the main event of WrestleMania. Her legend only, as we said at the top of this, her legend only grew because of that look on her face with the blood and everything at the top of that ramp. This I was, also want to make sure that we're giving more credit here to Becky Lynch than Nia Jax. <laughs> okay. I want to thank Becky Lynch for being an ad, the absolute badass that she is sure. that didn't just roll out of the ring into the care of the medical she staff. Didn't, she didn't send Cara this thing the up. Ring. Yeah. No, she went out and got a freaking chair and went back in with blood pouring down her face and beat the shit out of Ronda Rousey and then still had the gall to walk up the freaking stairs yeah. through the audience Flinging blood with her hands as she wiped her face. It's so funny because we crowd. were we were mad they let Liv Morgan get back in and take. I guess I guess Becky didn't take a bump after that. Uh, she may have taken one, but they, we were mad because they let Liv Morgan take a bump with a concussion. And but we were all like super happy that Becky Lynch kept going. But you know it was it, that's an iconic moment, and I don't obviously there's a there's a huge gulf uh, from, as far as like apples to apples in, in an analogy between Becky Lynch and Stone Cold Steve Austin, but. This is definitely, you could look at this as a WrestleMania 13 or a King of the Ring promo kind of moment for Becky Lynch. 
obviously not, as I said, not apples to apples, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that that is the, the kind of iconic moment that this just, that just happened to Becky Lynch. Yeah. So I got to say, you know, this as on the one hand, I definitely didn't like seeing what I saw from Nia Jax. It made me uncomfortable, uh, but I'm going to leave it up to the company. I think that they're, they're going to capitalize on this as much as possible. If they feel that she actually is a danger and cost them money in a major way, I, I have a feeling no matter if she's the rocks cousin or not, uh, they they can't let someone who's unsafe continue to work or their workers are going to have a problem with it. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you say that you will not be happy unless Nia Jax is fired. I say Nia Jax is going to stick around. Uh, barring, what end? barring, well, she's going to make them a lot of money with her upcoming match with Ronda. I have a feeling that we'll probably, she'll pre, she'll be de pushed after that. Uh, if it is as well, bad put as, it, as this it seems way. to I be. don't mind if she, I don't mind if she sticks around at this point. It's going to bother me. I agree with you. She's probably not going to be fired as much as I would like that. But at the end of the day, as long as she's not up there in the freaking title picture, standing next to the four horsewomen and Alexa Bliss as an equal, because she's not. And get the hell out of there. But in terms of reaction, WWE loves reactions. And if she's getting a, as big or a bigger reaction They're than them... They're getting one from me. Yeah, exactly. And the, here's the thing. This has been part of wrestling... For decades, for decades, if Nia comes out with an I broke Becky's face shirt, I will not be surprised at all. In fact, I think that's the smart thing and they should absolutely do that. That's that's Greg, Va- the Hammer Valentine stuff that I broke Wahoo's leg. That's that's Owen Hart. I broke Stone Cold's neck, right? That is automatic, automatic nuclear heat. Have her come out with like a broken Becky Lynch shirt and she will get oh the huge reaction she'll get. So. Yeah, I, I absolutely see this being something that could be advantageous if they feel like they can continue to work with Nia, if it was the sort of thing that we're not seeing what really happened, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. How are you feeling, Nick? You're just you're 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 ready to go off again, or do, do you we feel even like need you... to talk about Raw at this point? <laughs> yeah, we do actually. There's a there's a lot. Did of... anything else happen on Monday night? Actually, I, I just. I... Actually, a lot else happened, but in order to talk about it, we've got to go over and talk about Monday Night Raw. Well, to kick things off, Ian, instead of focusing on the events that happened, let's talk about what went down before that. Before the hit. Because there were other things that happened on Monday Night Raw Uh, besides the punch heard around the world, uh, or seen around the world, I should say. And heard. (laughs) It was was sickening thud. But yes, there was a lot more. Uh, as we were saying, I mean, sticking with the with the women and the women's angle, Ronda Rousey also gave a promo before she was put in the disarm her by by Becky Lynch. And uh, I had this at the top of our Raw segment just because it's another controversial thing. There's a so she gave a promo. If you didn't actually watch Raw, uh, I will try and sum up this promo. I'll probably even quote from it a little bit. Uh, she said. That uh, basically she was coming at Becky Lynch and she called her the millennial man. She's not the man. You're the millennial man. You are a skinny jeans wearing V-neck sporting avocado toast munching winged shoe wearing millennial man with a bubble wrapped ego and a porcelain self perception. Uh, And then she also went on to say that you're not Oliver Twist. I'm not some trust fund baby golden child. Every fan that I got has watched me sweat for every single ounce of their respect. They may watch me bleed. Uh, and she said, I did not pour my heart and soul into changing the meaning of fight like a girl so that the leader of the woman's evolution could call herself the man. So there's a lot to unpack there, but this is, so this is getting some criticism 
for two reasons. One, because it sounds like, uh, first of all, they didn't write it. Well, no, this is, here's the thing, but I was going to say this as a, as a little added thing for later. She did write this. She didn't just write this. She wrote this with Paul Heyman. She she was talking about this on her, on her vlog that she wrote this with Paul Heyman. They wrote this together and off the top, right, right off the beginning, I, I will say that this is a brilliant heel promo. And if Paul Heyman was giving it, it would be brilliant and brutal and get a lot of heat. But this is a weird thing for your top baby face to be giving because, right. first of all, most of your audience are millennials. And, the, and first, and you're using 10-year-old ways to describe millennials, the sort of things that I would hear coming from, like, a right-wing pundit, you know? Like someone, someone uh, trying to call out the new generation for not working hard enough. That's, this is the kind of uh, rhetoric I would I would hear from that. So I, I was really kind of shocked. On one hand, I thought Rhonda delivered it well and it had a good punch and it has a lot of Me good too. has a lot of good punchy lines in it. But it's a, this is a heel promo. Yeah, it was. You know what I mean? That's what threw me off guard with it was. Uh, like I don't think this is these are the things Rhonda would be saying. I don't think you're saying what you think you're saying. What right. <laughs> What are you doing? So uh, that was bizarre. And here's the other thing is that if you've watched Rhonda Rousey over the years, you know that she doesn't exactly have the biggest control over the controversial things that come out of her mouth. She's had some some pretty nasty things to say before about trans athletes. She's had some uh, controversial things to say about sex education, and she's called uh, some some uh, female sex researchers uh, gritty kitty bitches because they they she disagrees with what they think about sex education. So she's had some controversial. She she posted a Sandy Hook uh, truther video at one point, but never walked it back. So she's had a history of some some crazy stuff. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh yeah. So. Yeah, she's she's had a, she's had a, she needs to go hang out with Bo Dallas and talk about the the lizard people that live in the middle of the earth. Her Bo Dallas and Tommy Laren. Yeah, oh. no, it's so so this this promo made me I made me raise my eyebrows a little bit. I was like, oh, all right, um, weird direction to go. It pissed yeah. some people off. So uh, and understandably so. I don't know why you would go for members of your core audience with a promo like this. Again, I thought the promo was generally well written from a abstract standpoint and i thought that she delivered it fairly well intensely the way that she has learned to do i just thought it was poorly timed and poorly worded based on what the, they were trying to achieve with it do we excuse the 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 traditional face and heel dynamics for a survivor series match where it's you know it doesn't really matter uh when the two champions are kind of these tweener figures that are they're going to get cheered no matter well this what. is the weird thing now is i think you know because charlotte has been getting booed because of the boo the woo movement and becky right uh and so she's been kind of this anti-face because becky's been this anti-heel and then now ronda has been this baby face and this is the first promo i've heard her give where people kind of went wait what so I don't I don't even know if they're messing with the dynamics so much as they just don't know what they're doing with this right now. I, I can't imagine that this is what they wanted to be portraying from Ronda Rousey. I don't think they want Ronda going in as the heel in this match. I mean, we'll see when they start fighting if she starts push, pulling that off. But I don't I don't I don't think they want to do that right before her having to go against Nia Jax. Although at this point, anyone's going to be a face against Nia Jax, no matter what they do with Ronda. 
So, yeah, I just I can't see them knowing what they're doing with these dynamics. I think it was just a misstep. You know what I mean? It sounded strong. It sounded like a good idea at the time, but it, but it was not. But it was not. Um, the other thing I want to unpack from this is her calling out the gender dynamics, if you will, of her fighting for fight like a girl and Becky using the term for herself, the man, which some people have been taking issue with. They don't like the fact that Becky is now the top of the women's division and is calling herself the man. And there's all kinds of feminism. I really politics. just don't give a shit. Ultimately. <laughs> I don't have, I don't have a dog in the fight. So I just, well, you're also not a woman. I, I don't, I don't really know why she's doing that. Or frankly, I just, I don't care. Right. It's, she wants to call herself the man, call yourself the man. Well, here's, here's, well, I have, I have an opinion on it and I, as All much right. as I can have one again, not a woman. So I can only have so much of an opinion. Um, but that being said, from what I have taken away from it, Becky Lynch has said that the only reason she's calling herself the man was initially as a, as 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 an opponent to Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair's dad's one of his favorite statements was, "In order to be the man, you have to beat the man." And the man was always held up as just this kind of, I mean, Seth Rollins running around for a I'm year the and man. a half calling himself the sure. man. Sure, it was know? held up yeah. as that's what you say if you're the top of the business. And that's that right. was how Becky Lynch was defending it was this is this is the title that you use if you're at the top of the business. And she's like, I took it as a gender as a gender neutral thing. And in, in, if it's not a gender neutral thing, then I'm I'm taking away its significance for one particular gender by calling myself the man, which she has a point on. I think I think that there is a yeah, point. To I that. agree with that, uh, that she is she is gender specifically fying it. I don't even know how to <laughs> to put it, man. And I don't want to dive into gender politics because a I'm out of my damn. Is she, she the first non-binary champion? Is that what we're gonna? <laughs> I think that'd be cool as hell if she were. We gotta get we gotta get yeah. the nobodies on this show to really talk about this. No, this right. is the, this is the thing. I I personally think it's. Uh, I mean, I again, I I really can't use this term. But I think it's an empowering thing. You know what I mean? I have no right to use that term, but I do think that it's a badass thing to say for her. And in some ways saying, all right, well, up until now, all you boys have been able to call yourself the man. Well, now I'm going to call myself the man. Screw you. I do what I want. I kind of think that's yeah. pretty cool. Plus all the different ways that, you know, she can twist that term around, whether it's in the Ric Flair sense or in the Johnny Cash sense. You know, I, I like the I like the fact that that's what she's doing with it. So again, would love to hear from our female listeners in our Facebook discussion group. Give us some feedback. What you think about Becky Lynch's use of the man? If you think Rhonda has a point and that she should be calling herself the woman, um, or if she's just not doing it at all. So um, call yourself what you want to call yourself. <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm not going to lose a wink of sleep over that. Well. Naya. It's an it's oh, an it's an story. issue out there in the in the wrestling verse, Nick, and that's why I brought it up so we could discuss this. Okay. All right, all right. Gotcha. So moving on. So apparently the other some other things happened on Monday yeah. Night Raw uh, as well. Did, did uh, Raw Alexa Bliss came out and booked the rest of the Raw Women's Survivor Series? Yeah, this team. is what led into the scrum uh, at the end was was them booking yeah. the team. But she booked a pretty much entirely heel team. I mean, there was a a little bit of, of stuff earlier on in the show with Ruby Riot not apologizing for breaking Natalia's dad's glasses. And then Natalia went home because she was upset. <laughs> I, I had already forgotten that that even happened in the Yeah, it's kind of it's a, it's a, you know, no even no need to even talk I about just, that. It does, that still leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Like anytime they use like the dead person as as a heat getter, that's a that's a heat getter that I kind of go, "Ah, come on, man." 
whether it's whether it's yeah. Charlotte Flair's brother or uh you know whoever like it's just it's always kind of it's always gets gross to me you know come yeah. on find a better way to do it but she did make the entire rest of the team a bunch of heels so on the the women's survivor series team natalia with mickey james tamina nia Jax, and we had a match between sasha and bailey that was supposed to determine which one of them was going to be on the team but all the heels got in there and beat them up so it was a it was a <laughs> No contest. And then Alexa goes, ah, I didn't I didn't want either of them anyway. Ruby Riot is your fifth member. Which is which hey. is awesome. Ruby's on the team. I I mean, obviously in Kayfay, boo, boo, Ruby, you're Bro, boo, no, yeah, boo, boo, you're Ruby. mean. But in Kayfabe, out of Kayfabe, hell yeah. Ruby Riot's gonna get some 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 looks in the Survivor Series match. I love it. That's 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 good. Do you like the fact that um, they're all like pretty much it's an all heel team for the Raw? Because I look back at the at the one last year, and it was a, it was a really good mix, and they made it more about have the dynamic of the heels and the faces having to work together. I think maybe there's something to this, and having Alexa Bliss captain the team from outside the ring could be a, an interesting dynamic. That I don't I don't know if I've seen that. But eh, when was the last time we saw something like that? I'd have to go back and dig. But normally the they're performing. They're the captains are in the ring, but I don't know that I've ever seen a remember seeing a Survivor Series team that had a sort of Heyman-esque manager that, that's out that's outside managing them. Mm, yeah, because we definitely had heel teams before, you know. Right. I'm thinking back to like as, as recently as like the Nexus versus John Cena, as much of sure. an abomination as that was. But, you know, yeah, as far as having, well, and as we'll see when we get to our SmackDown segment, both teams will have managers. So yeah. that both women's teams will have managers. So this will be interesting to see. At this point, though, I think any team you put Nia Jax on is going to be just a monster heel team. I could see Natalia getting eliminated very early, and then it's just a wildly heel team. Uh, obviously, we'll give our pickums for Survivor Series. We'll dis- we'll unpack that, discuss that a little bit more there. But interesting that they decided to go with all of the heels and Sasha yeah. and Bailey are out in the cold. Um, to start the show off, we had a tag team battle royal. All the tag teams on Monday Night Raw, <laughs> which I have a hard time even saying. Yeah, loosely saying yeah. that <laughs> they're all in the ring, you know, they're fighting, whatever. And I was kind of I was sitting there thinking, really, we're going to start raw with this. No, no, we're going to start raw with Braun Strowman coming out to the ring and beating up everything, every tag team on Monday Night Raw at, at the at the same time. Oh, God, I, I had one question. Where where was Nicholas? Well, he didn't need him. He didn't right. need Nicholas. Well, that, that's kind of the point. Yeah. Like he could have just stood up there and held the belts for yep. him. So apparently, this was kind of a uh, joke. I was really upset with this. I was too. Um, Thank you. Okay, not uh, just because me. I just I did not like the way that they delivered this. They continue to trivialize the tag team division on Raw, where it's the polar opposite of what's going on over on SmackDown, where they're doing nothing but make them look amazing. Right. We'll talk about that one next. But oh my god. What is Terrible. happening? We continue to talk about this all through 2018. Terrible. What is going on with the Raw Tag Division where you just completely bury all of them with one guy? At once. I, I, here's the thing. Obviously, as we said, we'll be talking about it when we do our pickums. But how do you possibly have these teams looking any kind of legitimate at, at Survivor Series at this, at this point? I don't know. You know I mean, now, that being said, they did announce that the tag team... 10 man or 10 person, whatever it is, battle royal thing is going to be on the pre show. So that, yeah. that explains that explains some of it. Um, yeah. Anyway, so that was that was one thing that was annoying. But the real point here was that uh, Braun came out and wanted to, he would say, I'm not going to leave. I'm taking over the show. 
until I get my title shot or until I get Baron Corbin. Excuse me. He wanted Baron Corbin. Right. But he didn't get Baron Corbin. He got Stephanie McMahon. Hello. Who came out and in, in order to keep Braun from destroying Raw and then going to WWE headquarters and destroying WWE headquarters. And flipping over the building in Stanford. I, yeah. She said, okay, tell you what, if you, if you are just a good boy and play your part at Survivor Series, I'll give you a match with Baron Corbin and I'll give you another title shot at Brock and you can pick your stipulation. All, but you all can't lay a hand on Baron Corbin. Until, until then. Right. So this is fun. I like I, I I actually hope that Stephanie goes back on her word or Braun just can't take it and has to take out Corbin so that we can Incoming see Incoming Braun authority angle oh, so imminently. Oh, just so we can go back to the, we haven't seen the headquarters at Stanford, Connecticut Connecticut in a while. Just to, yeah. the idea of Braun going in there and tearing up the building, that sounds so fun. That sounds fun. I just want to see him rolling in in like some giant Mack truck oh, or yeah. a tank or something like that and just <laughs> driving it through the, the building. You know, I think I would love to see him roll up in a smart car. Uh, but just unprecedented and just like pop out and just like blow out the sides of the smart car. He's Maybe the- they use CG or something and do like a controlled demolition as he runs through <laughs> the front door and it just crumbles to the ground it like is, Rampage the video game. Yes. I, I don't know. Yes, people falling uh, out of windows. Be so good. He's crawling beside eating people out of windows. Yeah. <laughs> that would be it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we actually hope that'll happen. But that being said, I actually thought this was a good storytelling segment. I thought that this Me this too. made logical sense from top to bottom. Something that doesn't often happen with Braun Strowman or on Raw in general. It made it made logical sense. It was good, and it gives us anticipation for Survivor Series and beyond. So now we have some things to look forward to with Braun. You know, and and it opens up a lot of possibilities. Will he get another title shot at Brock? What will the stipulation be? Will there be some sort of? Will he go and destroy Stanford, Connecticut? You know, this is a lot of. A lot of fun things, um, but this is the thing that was weird. Was that speaking of Brock Lesnar, Brock actually was on the show this week, and I was surprised by that. And in the middle of the show, wasn't even a big. He's like, "Yep, oh, here's Brock, and he's going to come out, and Paul's going to cut a promo, uh, saying that the the one person that uh, that there's no one in Brock wants to beat more than AJ Styles." Which, uh, which I even watching it at the time, I thought was that's kind of a weird thing to say. Yeah, uh, it made sense later in the week. <laughs> uh, but uh, but then out came for some reason Jinder Mahal and both of the Singh which brothers terrified me. By the way, <laughs> why? Why did that terrify you? Are they going to give Jinder another run? Oh dear God, after no! Last year? No, he was there to to do exactly what happened, which was to get eaten live. By uh, by Brock Lesnar and have the Singh brothers yeah. flung around in ways that made Randy Orton chubby. I mean, that was the, some of the things that happened to those Singh. Oh my God! There was the one. Was it a? It was a German. He started Germaning the the Singh brothers, and I forget whichever one he did first. To I forget if it was Sunil or Samir, but he doesn't matter. Uh, well, he gave the, the first one he gave was just right on his head. It was so scary looking. And so then the next one he gave was release German. And then he went back to the original sing brother. And I was like, okay, he's going to be nicer with this one. Nope. He did the exact nope. same one again. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, Jesus. Uh, it was. Yeah. So this was, those guys are taking more of an ass whooping than Mercury and Noble used to for Seth. Oh Rollins. Jesus. No kidding. Uh, but here's the thing. This so this is the thing with the Brock segment I wanted to talk about. That was interesting is for the last, however long we've been having Brock, against Roman and Brock has been the guy that never shows up. He's the guy that never does anything fun here. He's the guy that showed up on Monday night raw, just like everybody else. 
and he did something fun, which was beat up gender and suplex the, the Singh brothers all over the place. And by the end, the audience was cheering him. So it seems like we're turning back into the Brock as tweener kind of thing. And they're trying to undo the damage that they did with him earlier in the year. Short-term memories, remember? Well, and frankly, if they keep kind of subtly doing it like this, where we don't expressly say, well, Brock's going to show up now on Monday Night Raw. He doesn't even have to. As long as every time he shows up, it's fun, then yeah. that, that sentiment is going to start just slowly going away. Remember how Braun Strowman got over in the first place? He would just show up and just destroy shit. Annihilate dudes, right? Which is, I think, I think that's what they're doing with, uh, with Brock here. Well, when, I, I, well, Gender in, uh, interrupted, I believe it was Gender, interrupted Heyman's promo or something towards the end of it yep. when he came out to do the Shanti thing. Yeah. And I was wondering, when, the reason I said I was terrified here was, oh no, is this going to be the next one that they're going to feed to Brock Lesnar you know, temporarily to get to the Rumble or to yeah. Mania? And I was just like, oh, please don't do this. <laughs> oh, no, please don't do this. I, and if then they, they do, didn't. if they do, it'll get Brock over huge because that was the whole point of having Ginger be the one that came out is that yeah. much like we always say, with, there's certain people that you'll always get, um, they'll always get heel heat. Miz, Ginger, you know, no matter what, they're going to get heel heat. So yeah. that's what they sent him out so that they could get Brock cheered again. People will start feeling less salty about Brock. That was the point. At least I think so. But going back to what we were talking about earlier, with the tag division, was this just an absolutely unconscionable burial of this tag division right before Survivor Series? Now, at the end, they did restart the match, and Rude and Gable did win the captain spot. But it was first of all, they did that off Hulu. So if you didn't watch the Hulu, if you, if you watch the Hulu version, you have no idea that anything else happened with the Raw tag division. Yeah, if you did watch that's the actual where the position show, I'm in. I have no idea what the hell happened. And if you did, well, if you did watch the the whole show as I did. Um, it was one of those things where I was th- I was thinking to myself, doesn't even matter. You've already showed us that one guy can beat all of these guys. I don't care who wins now because they're all losers. Yeah. That was the feeling that you got from it. You know what I mean? It, it, having people who former main eventers, former champions like Bobby Roode wins the whole thing. Oh, great. And Chad Gable. Remember when he used to be a tag champion? Big deal. He just got beat up by one guy along with nine other dudes. So, yeah, I, th- I thought that was just... A really silly bit of booking. Mission accomplished, Vince. Really silly bit of booking right before Survivor Series. Uh, we also had Drew McIntyre come out and took responsibility for breaking up the shield. He said that last week he ended Angle's career. And uh, I thought this promo was fire. It was fantastic. It was. And, a, and I, God I've, damn I've, I've been promo. saying it for a while. Watch out. Drew's next. Well, we I mean, get, we see, get past Brock Braun and whatever the authority thing they're working on right now. I think Drew might be next. They are maybe absolutely. as soon as after Mania. Oh man! Because, oh man! It's they are, he is money. They are building that jet airplane. Absolutely, this guy is going to be sky high very soon. You can already tell the way that they're like slowly building the the blocks with how he's now relating to Drew to uh, Dolph Ziggler, whereas before they were kind of equals, and now he's talking down to Dolph a lot. Yeah. For instance, uh, Finn Balor came out to interrupt them as he was running down the locker room, and Finn said, I, I can't really stand hearing you say all this stuff. Drew said, I don't really care about your feelings. Um, you know, which, yeah, he, Finn wanted to match with Drew, and Drew said, that's great, but you're not on my level. Why don't you fight someone more your level, like mm, Dolph Ziggler here? <laughs> which Dolph gave like the, what, 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 <laughs> what? <laughs> so we're seeing, we're seeing now uh, Drew being a bit more of kind of a dick heel, uh, to even Dolph Ziggler, he's he's striking out on his own a little bit more, which makes him feel more dominant. 
He's being even more aggressively much of an asshole. He's he's acting more dominant. Um, but what was, what was interesting is Finn did beat Dolph Ziggler clean, and then Stephanie put him on the Raw uh, Survivor Series team. So that will be an interesting dynamic. Will Finn be the guy that Drew faces next? If so, I think that could, one, be a really good jump up the card for Finn, and two, that could be a really good feud for Drew to get into before he really goes into the main event scene. Yes and no. So I'm torn on this. I partially agree with you, and I partially disagree. Well, I know you have beef with Finn. I, I do, and it's it's mostly a size and, and a believability thing. And, right, and I get the idea of the under the underdog coming from behind and overcoming adver- the adversity and the bigger man and all of that stuff. I, I get it. The David and Goliath trope. I get it. Um, but at the same time, I feel like it's holding. It would hold Drew back a little bit. I'm not quite sold that it's it's great for Finn. Not so great for Drew, and I'm wondering if they can mix him up in the Brock Braun thing sooner rather than waiting for Braun Brock slash authority to get going or get past it. Sure, know? and th- this is what was uh, I thought nice about this is they have lots of options at the top of their card right now. Is that I think yeah. that it's actually positioning Drew with Finn at this point. I don't think it's bad for Drew. I think it's it's holding steady. But it will strengthen him if they are trying to keep him in a holding pattern before they get him to the main event. You know what I mean? That, that I mean, who between else between Corbin between Lashley? But and, who and else? I, just, I feel like that. Who else can they put with Drew right now? That's high enough on the card, but he's not in the main event. Like if they want to hold him back. There was a moment we had, and hear me out. There was a moment that we had. I think it was last Monday uh, between Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley. Where they had a little bit of a standoff, but they're both, and heels. I think those two giant dudes going at each other could be fun to watch. But they're both heels. The, everyone's going to get booed there. Everyone, you can't I do it. it has, the dynamics not going to work. That's the problem. So I, you know, I'm looking at just as from a booking standpoint, I don't see anyone else but Finn for to, for this to happen with. So, I, but I don't think that's the reason. And that might be the reason that they put him on the Survivor Series team. Uh, initially, that spot was supposed to go to Kurt Angle, who I guess last week they made the decision to not give it to but i'm still hoping that that last week's <laughs> just beat down by drew mcintyre is leading to some sort of redemption story for kurt yeah um he said that uh, in an interview that he doesn't like how he's looking right now uh and the only way to get better is to start working out and change his diet and start wrestling more so maybe kurt wants to go get in better shape and then come back and have his redemption story after being beaten down a couple times i hope that's the case yeah. for kurt's sake I, I think kurt still has some some matches in him um, uh, a few more things uh, happened here on Raw. You know, Dean continues to not explain himself. But he did. He did kind of explain himself this week, didn't he? I think. I think. That, I thought that was an explanation. It was an explaining by not explaining. Well, I'm not. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so Seth's out in the ring talking about his up. He's being interviewed about his match with Nakamura, which I thought was really dumb of him to say. I'm not thinking about Nakamura. I'm thinking about Dean Ambrose. Great way to build the match. Now I'm excited. Um, yeah. but then Dean shows up on the monitor outside on a, the hood of a, was it a Camaro? What was he, what was he on the hood of there? Corvette? No, I think it was like a Chevy Malibu or something. <laughs> you know? He's on the hood of an Acura and, uh, and standing, uh, sitting, sitting next to a, a barrel with fire coming out of it because he's edgy Dean Ambrose now. Yeah. Um, and proceeded to talk about how he can't believe that Seth doesn't understand why he turned on him. And in doing so, kind of revealed why he did it, why he turned on Seth. I'm not going to tell you. I don't have to tell you why I turned on you, but I kind of turned on you because uh, 
you know, you don't, you, you never respected me. Uh, uh, the shield made me weak. The burden of being your brother made me weak. So he did kind that of part I liked, but that's kind and of, I wish it would have just been that right. We didn't need the fire in the car and outside. Well, the second you saw the fire and he pulls out the tack, the shield tack vest, you kind of know what's happening next. And he yeah. covered it in gasoline, tossed it into the fire. So like that wasn't gasoline, by the way. Really? You don't, you don't think? They're not no. actually letting him. I want to just want to, in case anybody did think it was, because he would have exploded. Yeah, exactly. Being that close to an open flame. <laughs> exactly. The fumes alone. So, right. um, yeah, no, but either way, the bottom line is this segment only kind of half worked for me. It seemed a little bit forced. I don't know. I think I thought unless this is something that happened, like that, that advances at Survivor Series. At this point, if Dean did this promo and he doesn't interfere at Survivor Series, this was a waste. And this should have been I held. Agree. This should have been held until after Survivor Series to do this promo. So now because they have this I actually segment, think if he should have interfered at Survivor Series, then do that promo. And then as an explanation of it, would have been sure. so much better than this. We didn't need this this week. I didn't even need an explanation. We needed Seth and Nakamura building this week. I agree. And that's a match that I want to be really excited for because I think that's going to be a killer match. It could be the sleeper of the show. I agree. Uh, but I think that's going to also to take away from the match if Dean interferes. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I, I don't want to see another muddled Nakamura finish. I want Nakamura to actually be able to beat people. So, yeah. at, at, you know, at any rate, the bottom line is I thought this was not necessary, but we will see in the weeks after, like at Survivor Series and in the weeks after Survivor Series, if uh, this was this was smart to put here. Yeah. Um, let's see. We also, as you said, had uh, Lashley was on the show. He had a match with Elias. For well, there you go. There's a good example. You were asking me who Drew could go up against. I think Elias would be another good example, especially since he's doing this whole face turn kind of thing. You know, are I, they too similar? Do they look like mirror images of each other to an extent? Well, yeah, as we've as we but, stated before, Seth Rollins is phase one, Elias is phase two, and Drew is the final form. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but no, I think that Elias is still too much of a mid Carter, and uh, and Finn definitely still has a little more cachet. I think they've built Finn up to have a little bit more cachet, even though he's still kind of bland. Uh, I don't. I, I know you what don't. What even is Balor Club, by the way? It's their version of Bullet Club. What is Bullet Club? You know, it's, it's Balor Club. Well, it's Balor Club's becoming Bullet the, Club is a group of individuals that are on the same team. Who's on Balor Club? Well, that's, that is also part. Well, the, the, the WWE Universe, everyone who's inclusive. That it's, it's become their kind of go-to, we love everybody brand. It's why he wasn't in Saudi Arabia. They didn't want him coming out with his with his rainbow flag and his shirt and getting stoned. Anyway, we so Lashley and Elias had a match to determine the last person on the Survivor Series team. Lashley won because Leo Rush got a hold of Elias' legs outside the ring, kept him from coming back in, got the 10 count. Elias was disqualified, counted out. Lashley is the fifth member of the team. So now the men's Raw Survivor Series team, Drew McIntyre, Dolph Ziggler, Bobby Lashley, Finn Balor and Braun Strowman. So you have a monster, you have a face, and then three big ass heels. Well, th- Dolph's not big, but you know what I mean. He's he's I, um, get booze. I think Lashley is treading very closely into go away heat territory. Oh yeah, with this with this, and I'm and I'm worried about that for him with this new check out these muscles and then check out these muscles and he bends over and it's his glutes we're supposed to check out. That to me reeks of Vince McMahon. Uh, that's a Vince McMahon joke. You know yeah. what I mean? And and I, it's not funny. It's neither funny nor is it getting the kind of heat that they want. It's just, it's eye yeah. rolling. It's like oh god, 
all right, yeah. It's it's and it didn't it didn't elicit any reaction from the crowd this week. No one was sitting there going ha 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 boo. Everyone's just going oh shut up. I mean, we've had the dynamic of the flexors in the past, whether it was Mr. Perfect sure. or Spectacular or, you know, all of these. That's fine. But the the, the boyish, nebbish 12-year-old bend over, look at my butt. Uh, Lex Luger got heat. Going, <laughs> Lex Luger got heat from, from this sort of thing without resorting to, as you said, the, the kindergarten humor. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's, yeah, it's, it's not the, and here's the thing. The fact that it's not getting a reaction, I think, should tell them something. Because that is the metric these days. Is if that's still a thing after Survivor Series, I'll be impressed. Yeah, I'll be very surprised. And I'm I'm curious what Elias's role at Survivor Series is going to be, but we'll see if he has a performance or what it's going to be. Finally, on yeah. Raw, because we are we are running over because of our Nia rant. Uh, we had Tamina had a match with Ember Moon, and uh, she beat Ember Moon fairly clean with some interference from Nia Jax before this all went down. So the heat was not there, but <laughs> I can only imagine what this match would be like after what happened with Becky Lynch. But Nia did not injure anyone in this match. Neither did Tamina, even though her her splash on the top was ugly. But uh, at least Tamina knows how to super kick someone without injuring them. I'm just going to throw that out there. But uh, yeah, Tamina, Tamina and Ember. Tamina uh, defeated Ember Moon clean. A way to get some more heel heat on the team that I'm now going to start calling. Uh, not the Brothers of Destruction, but the Sisters Needing Instruction uh, is what I'm going to call Tamina and Nia. <laughs> So maybe, hey, maybe we'll have a uh, Nia Jax versus Brie Bella as the main event at Mania this year. What are we gonna call that? The unintentional shoot fight, right? <laughs> maybe they'll both <laughs> knock each other out. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Oh my god, it'll be a shoot fight, but no one knows it's a shoot fight going into it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's our Nia Jax story and Monday Night Raw, but we're not done yet, guys. We've got Survivor Series to book, but before we can do that, we gotta head over and talk about. Smackdown Live. So maybe in the wake of what went down on Raw and the fact that they lost a major match at Survivor Series and had to scramble, maybe this was something that was planned for a while, which it actually was. We did find out later. But we had a huge title change on SmackDown Live this week. Yeah, yeah. Nia Jax said, hey, I'm going to kill Survivor Series and ruin it. And SmackDown Live creative went, hold my beer. <laughs> Actually, from, from all reports, this is something that has been in the works for a while now. What what went yeah, down Crown here? Crown Jewel, right? Maybe even before. Yeah, something that, that uh, has been pushed for for a while. And they decided to pull the trigger right now uh, on the show before Survivor Series, which I think is bizarre for a lot of reasons. But throughout the show, so at the beginning of the show, AJ Styles came out and uh, gave a, a pretty mush-mouthed promo, I got to say. Paul Heyman was there. Uh, they were trying to build yeah, up the match. What was up with him this week? Did he not sleep on the plane or something? It just He couldn't find his words. The face that runs the place has to change his name to the mouth that mumbles the marbles. I tell yeah, you. Oh, it, was, it, was, it was brutal. But uh, there, was a, there was a few mumbled uh, promos this week on SmackDown Live. But at any rate, they were trying to build the match between AJ Styles and Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series. Fine. All well and good. Uh, it was a little weird because Paul Heyman brought up Daniel Bryan's name for some reason and kept saying the only person that Brock wants to fight is AJ Styles. It was weird. Uh, and then Daniel Bryan came out and said AJ needs to stop well, he saying was his calling name. He the second best fighter. Brock wants to fight the best fighter, but... Which is Daniel, Daniel Bryan. Bryan's the, the number yeah. one best fight. Yeah, so he's trying to get under AJ's skin. Well, he got yeah. under Daniel Bryan's skin, who came out and told AJ to keep his name out of his mouth or he's going to punch him in the face. 
Well, AJ tried to respectfully say his name, and Daniel Bryan punched him in the face anyway. And this led to a big brawl backstage uh, where, where Shane McMahon told Daniel Bryan he was off the Survivor Series team, but AJ Styles demanded a title match against Daniel Bryan, which he got later in the show. We had this title match, and Daniel Bryan cock-knocked AJ Styles while the ref wasn't looking, low-blowed him, and then gave him the running knee, rolled him up, and Daniel Bryan is your new WWE champion, but not just your WWE champion. He proceeded to beat down AJ Styles after the match, showing that he is your new heel WWE champion. Should we start calling him Brian Danielson again? The American Hello. Dragon? I'm, I'm yes. dude. The, the, is this, does this mean we're going to start? I like Are we going to get the no chance back now? I mean, I, ooh, I, I a, like this, man. I like this too. And, and I thought, I, you know, there are some people in our Facebook discussion group. There's people I've seen online. Uh, I, I think one person who, who put it specifically in our Facebook discussion group was, uh, I think it was Jasper Lynch. But uh, they were saying, you know, we're kind of sick of Daniel Bryan. We're sick of the yes movement. And I was defending it saying, well, it's because they haven't really done anything since, the hit, since he re-signed the contract. Right. Well, they did something now. They, they were <laughs> like, I guess, and I guess that um, Daniel Bryan was actually pushing for this for a while. He wanted to go heel. He was sick of the yes movement as well, I guess. But uh, there's, there's some bizarre things about this. We've been talking about how close AJ was to setting the record. Yep. We talked about, uh, and that, so it's, it's a bizarre timing in that sense because they wouldn't have had to do much work after this to let him break the record. It's weird because it's the night before, like there's their last thing that we see before Survivor Series is Daniel Bryan is your champ. We've got zero time to build for him and Brock Lesnar, which is, by the way, a dream match for Daniel Bryan. Brock Lesnar said he's been excited about it too, and for a lot of fans. This is kind of classic SmackDown for the last couple of years where we have a Cena-Nakamura match made overnight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're just, like, last-minute booking. No build. It's just, it's going to happen. What? Okay. I'm excited for a Daniel Bryan-Brock Lesnar match, but... Of course. But I'd like some build I'd and like, some interaction like some, for it, though. Some story. So, yeah. <laughs> so we know what to expect here. Like, what kind of heel is Daniel Bryan going in as? What What is happening? I can't get as excited about this match as I wish I could. So this was, I, I, I don't know if they just hot-shotted this right before the, the I mean, they, the, from all reports, this has been in the works for a while. Why leave it till the very end? And we were talking last week about how they only had two weeks to build for Survivor Series, so they were having to get a lot of stuff done, and SmackDown got a ton done last week, and this week, they, they kind of spun their wheels a little bit more, but this was weird. Every, everything that I had heard was that this was going to go down at Crown Jewel until he pulled out after the journalist incident. That would be a weird place to do it, too, because the big criticism was that it was just a glorified house show. And this would be I agree. But if you look at it, it would have made sense because we'd have had two weeks to build towards Brock. Sure. Yeah. No, it would have made sense. It would have made sense there on one hand, unless they were trying to stick it to the Saudis like you like you postulate. And then they're like, no, you don't get a title change. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's what it was. I just think that that's a funny speculation on your part. But yeah, I, who knows why they did it here? It was certainly unexpected uh, and very, very eye like jaw dropping, eye opening. Uh, here's the other thing. I don't know what AJ is going to do now. He was so they taped Mixed Match Challenge after this and he was selling the beat down and he did not perform on Mixed Match Challenge. And Jeff Hardy took his place in the match with Charlotte against Oscar and the Miz. I'm wondering. I'm wondering if he's got some kind of 
hidden injury that hasn't come out or if he just wants a friggin' vacation for a month. You know, I, <laughs> He's been working hard. Dude might want to go spend the holidays in in the family with his you know or with his family down in South Georgia and, and just We'll see. Hang out. We'll see if he comes out at Survivor Series to interfere interfere in the Brock and Daniel Bryan match. Apparently like some of the reports are saying that that Vince just didn't want AJ to lose two years in a row to Brock and he didn't want AJ to beat Brock and he didn't want a muddled finish. So if we get a muddled finish then that's what would have happened anyway with AJ. So it's the whole thing is weird, and I, I'm going to have to see the Daniel Bryan-Brock match to kind of get into their heads as to what they were thinking with doing this title change here. It, it, we just saw Braun Strowman get basically annihilated. What exactly is Daniel Bryan going to do here? Well, not get hit. That's the other thing that's been in the back of my mind for the last couple of weeks. Well, one thing he's not going to do is get hit in the back of the head by Corbin. Which is one of the reasons why Brock got annihilated. I'm just or Braun got annihilated. Excuse me while my eyes roll out of my. Head. I'm just saying that's that's the reason that happened. But the sure. the the point here is is I think it'll actually be a competitive match. It should be it should be entertaining. I just think it's crazy. Um. So one of the other major things that happened as a as some of the fallout from the Becky Lynch getting her face smashed in by Nia Jax, we had a segment where Becky had to name her replacement at Survivor Series. She came out with a ginormous black eye. Uh, Judith Brooke actually told me she thought it was they used makeup to make it look worse. I don't know. That's, uh, that's, a, that's a pretty big fist she took to the face. Who knows? No way of knowing. But Becky Lynch came out, delivered a fire promo about how she's going to come back and kill everyone and but she needs to now she's she's not being allowed by the doctors to to work Survivor Series, so she's got her name a replacement. Called out every member of the SmackDown women's locker room, looked them all in the face, and picked Charlotte to be her replacement, and then gave her a hug before stalking off to the back. What did I you was think? Fine about this? with everything until they hugged. That, and then thank I'll, you. Then I just wanted to flip the table over and go. What did we just spend the thank last you. few months doing anyway? Thank you. That was the one issue I had, and apparently from all reports. Uh, the two of them had an issue with it as well because they just built up this huge feud. We spent months building this up, and now we just blew it off with a hug. Now Becky, and then everybody comes over and starts hugging Charlotte. Like, yeah. what even is well, this? Well, except for the iconics who did this wonderful little, yeah, yeah, that's great yeah. kind of thing on the side. Yeah, Thank they were God. doing the little golf clap. Thing. Thank God they <laughs> understand kayfabe. But right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, iconics. You were trained well, but no, this, this was, this was all fine. I could have gotten behind this. It would have made more. I thought that just the character work wise, this is the stuff that they've got to be careful with, with Becky is that they've got such a hot property here and such a great character. You can't slip up and do this. You can't slip up and let her hug Charlotte and blow off this feud and blow off that tension like that. Like I know I get why they wanted to do it. The theory was we can't have Charlotte get booed. We've got to show that Becky is is cool with Charlotte, and that dissipates any of that animosity towards Charlotte, right? That was the theory. Yeah. But it does run the risk of making both of them look stupid, which I thought it did. It did, and it kind of ruins any... So I've been talking about the double turn thing for a while now between the two of them, sure. just going all the way back to this summer, and I, I didn't I knew it wouldn't happen overnight, but I just I wondered how they would ebb and flow into it. I think that this kind of contributes to that. I think it kind of pivots Becky with the massive amount of, of cheers that she's getting right now. They're going to spin her heel persona into the face. I thought they had done a really good job of it with Charlotte getting her booed, with the boo the woo stuff, they just hadn't moved Becky back around to kind of the 
the true face position. Had they done that, we would have seen an awesome kind of double turn thing happen. I right think a lot of people last wanted three, four months. Wanted the double turn, but and this is funny because now some of the SmackDown creative is taking responsibility for this great Becky character, and it's not their, this not on them at all. It's on Becky being the performer that she is, and them having the sense to their credit to turn the ship into it, uh, and and, and work on the fly with the character. Because their initial idea was that Becky was going to get booed. And if you think otherwise, then why did she give that promo immediately after her heel turn where she crapped on the audience? And then they walked that back pretty quickly. They they thought they were going to get one thing. They were building towards one thing, and they didn't realize the reaction they were going to get. Uh, so they can't take credit for, for what happened here. Right. But they can take credit for how it's evolved. But they need to be careful because as they showed, they don't entirely understand the character in the first place. And they've got to be careful how they move forward with it because it'd be very easy to to screw this up if they're not careful. Yeah, and there are reports that she's been hanging out, at least on the phone, um, with Stone Cold Steve Austin, who has been through this exact thing before. Sure. She's getting direct coaching uh, from him on all that. So I am very, very excited about the next six months yeah. between Charlotte and Rhonda and Becky Lynch and just... That, I think it's a, a very, very good top of the card across the main, the main roster in general uh, of the women's division of what that's going to lead to at Mania. It, they, they, it's going to be really hard to mess this up. Uh, I, I think so, too. It's possible for them to do it. I mean, Stone Cold's definitely survived a lot of really dumb segments. I still think back on the one where he held the gun to Vince's head and ended up having like the little bang flag pop out and Vince yeah. pissed his pants. I thought that was the dumbest damn thing ever when I saw it. A lot of people liked it. Fine. But uh, I, you know, I, I thought that was a dumb segment. It didn't kill the character at all. So they can have a couple of segments or a couple of moments like this where people kind of go, oh, why'd she hug Charlotte? Not going to kill her character or her momentum no. at all. But they got to be careful. They can't have too many of them. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Well, at least we know now, anytime that she starts cooling off, just go get Nia to punch her in the face. She'll be fine. So please don't. <laughs> I could see. <laughs> please don't. <laughs> oh, that look in your eyes. Uh, uh, so we also, as I said, it seemed like we had a couple of, uh, wheel spinning matches. They, they, they almost blew their wad too much last week on SmackDown and had to play catch up a little bit. They had to, they had to fill some time on the show this week. We had, uh, we had a replacement put in with uh, the last member of the, uh, the men's SmackDown. No, because Daniel Bryan was uh, was uh, removed from it. So we had, Daniel Bryan was taken out. So we had so to have someone to become the captain, and he decided he didn't want Mysterio. Correct. But they uh, yeah. well, not only did he not want Mysterio, but he needed to fill the spot where Daniel Bryan was. So he put his boy Almas against uh, Jeff Hardy, and Hardy ended up getting on the team. I thought it was weird that AJ wasn't put on the team, but I guess it makes sense. They didn't leave the spot vacant so that AJ could pick it up after the show. But it does make sense, I guess, that uh, they wouldn't want to pre-book it that way it's i don't know bottom line is hardy's on the team now and came in place of daniel bryan he had a pretty respectable match against uh cn almas i thought it was a little short but i don't even know why they had that match at all frankly but we also had a match should have just named jeff hardy the the just the, name him the member but they only had that match to fill time they also had a match between yeah. miz and ray mysterio if ray won he got to stay in the team if miz won ray was off uh, Miz coming out looking a little bit like Toru Yano with his DVD with his uh, Marine Six. He was definitely Toru Yanoing it up. All he needed was to do a little thumb point at himself. He absolutely would have been Toru Yano. Um, Could you say Mizu Yano? Mizu Yano? Oh, yes, I like the Mizu Yano. I like that. It was, before it was Hokage Miz. Now it's Hokage, Hokage Mizu Yano. I love it. 
Uh, they had a match. It was fine. It was nothing. Ray won. He's still on the team. Okay, cool. We also had a match between the New Day and the Bar. Again, that served no purpose. And I, it was just a time fill. So, we, yeah, I, I, as much as we were praising SmackDown last week for getting a lot done, it's like they got too much done. And there was little, nothing. Uh, there's nothing premature there, guys. Yeah, blew its wad last week, I think. Yep. Uh, and then there was also someone thought it was a good idea to let Shinsuke Nakamura cut a promo that was full of S's talking about Seth Rollins and how he couldn't sleep at night. And I, I love Nakamura. I, I love the the heel mannerisms, but damn, his accent is strong. Yep. Woof. He needs to just keep doing the no speak English thing and just be or give him stuff he can say. Like you know what I mean. Like either have him write his own promos and 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 pitch him beforehand. And if they if he can't say it, don't let him say it. You know what I mean. It's, it's hide the weakness. Hide the weakness. And he can speak English, and he 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 can do a good turn of phrase, and he knows how to put inflection on the right words. But it's yeah. just if if he's if he's if that heavy accent is just messing up some of the words, you can't understand when he's saying Seth Rollins, which is probably the toughest name a Japanese person person can say, by the way. Seth could never have a career in New Japan because they'd be like, what are we? We can't pronounce your name. We don't have any of these letters in our alphabet, man. We don't have a TH. Oh, <laughs> we don't have an SH. Come on. Uh, well, hey, we can't get out of SmackDown Live without talking about one of the other things that happened. We solidified the SmackDown Live men's tag team Survivor Series match. Oh, yeah. And this was really cool. I really enjoyed this. This was one of my one of my favorite things, memorable things this week. Of course, aside from Nia being Nia and <laughs> Daniel Bryan somehow becoming the WWE champion. Woo. The Usos are backstage in a dark... De- or I'm assuming backstage. Yes. They appear in a dark warehouse. With the, with the fog. With smoke filling everywhere. Yes. They're meeting with sanity and talking to them. We get it. You assume shenanigans are happening. We get it, guys. You vape. Okay? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> but end up handing out t-shirts in the middle of cutting a promo to the Colognes, <laughs> the Good we Brothers. We said they were coming out of nowhere. We said the right. colognes were coming out of no. Hey, what, I think they're called they're called La Familia now. I thought I heard them call them La Familia, Ooh, which is a, a, that's cool. a better name than the colons. I'm just going to throw yeah. that out there right now. Like, I, and all, and I'm sorry, all respect to that name. I know that's a that's a respected wrestling name, but it's come on. The Good Brothers were wearing what I initially thought were Bullet Club yeah, where T-shirts because it said OGBC. They've had those for like, like OG Bullet Club. They've had those for like nine months. Howell, where have you been? I don't know. Not I don't. Where have they been? Not on, is the better well, question. They haven't been on TV in nine months. Well, you haven't been on WWShop.com, obviously. No. Uh, but the, <laughs> and the one part of this, I, I thought this was good too. It was a good promo by the Usos. They, they did carry this completely because they're they're really man. They're ever since they went to this more kind of hard edged characters, they've just been murdering it. Uh, their promos are just through the roof. The one thing I didn't like about this was Sanity was standing there for some reason. And uh, the Usos gave like a funny little, you know, line to everybody is, you know, like the colognes are like, you guys are like family and like for OGBC, they're like, we need you guys to be too sweet. And they saw, they saw uh, uh, Sanity and they're like, we need you guys to bring the chaos or something like that. And it was just, it was just silly and awkward and weird. I'm like, what, what even is Sanity? Why are you guys just hanging out here being cool? Well, yeah, this is chaos. Let's just, well, we're going to take your blue shirt. I don't know. I didn't like that part. Everything else was fine, though. Uh, Eric Young sounds like he's been chain smoking a pack of cigarettes a day for 
27 years. I don't know. He's out. He sounds like he's already got the tracheotomy. <laughs> he sounds like he ate Tom Waits and chased it down with a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> but yeah, that's a good way to put it. But but the thing is, is at the end, all of these teams, minus the New Day, by the way, the New Day had a match with the Bar, so they weren't part of this, but they are part of the Survivor Series team. You had these four teams hard hard eyeing the camera, uh, staring into the camera, being like, "Yeah, we're gonna whoop ass at Survivor Series." And I'm thinking of how they going back to Raw. We we're talking about how they were just like just buried the tag teams on Raw. They made them look like look terrible on Raw. And I'm looking at the guys they have on Raw, right? Gable and Rude, Ascension, the B team. Uh, who else is it? The uh, the revival, Lucha House Party, who's had one match on Raw. Like you want to tell me that those guys are going to be any match for these guys? New Day, yeah, it's no Usos. The, oh my alone <laughs> it's it's not even fun to think about that match now i'm like the way that they've built these teams uh, the, yeah raw needed to make their teams look strong this week instead what they decided to do is make them look weak and smackdown made their teams look like absolute murderous killers so that's all i gotta say about that yay pre-show <laughs> well, that's not gonna be pre-show that's the, the the survivor series match oh no i guess you're right huh that is the pre-show it is pre-show well there you go Uh. (laughs) oh man well you know what nick speaking of the pre-show we need to go give our picks for survivor series now that we've run down all of this week's happenings on the main roster let's run down the old survivor series pickums and see see who's don't forget we got a new takeover as well we got that going on oh yeah there's only four matches on that one we got this there's only four matches that are arguably better than anything that's on the survivor series card The war games match alone is going to be the yeah uh, anyway but let's get a Survivor Series first. Um, let's see who's right and who's wrong on this. Starting off with the Cruiserweight Championship, Mustafa Ali versus Buddy Murphy. And what I'm going to call now might steal the whole show if they can pull this off. Uh, who do you think's got this one? It really depends. I haven't seen Buddy Murphy do much as a champion yet. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been kind of a quiet champ. I haven't seen him really cut any promos, throw out any challenges. Do He's been kind of a quiet champion. Uh, it's a lot like Cedric was, frankly. I didn't expect him to be that kind of champion. I expected him to be the one that was in your face, picking fights, you know, being that bruiser. To be fair, to be fair, I think you missed a couple of the episodes of Two Hundred Five Live where he did cut some pretty gnarly promos. But he has had he has had he I, has had Tony Nese doing his dirty work for him. But go ahead, I'm sorry. Yes, so I, it would not surprise me if they pulled the trigger on Mustafa Ali right here. But we just spent the last six or so months with with Cedric as as a face champ. I think that they are going to stick with Buddy Murphy here and do a little bit more with him. So I'm going to call Buddy Murphy to retain. Okay, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a pretty solid choice too. I'm also going to go with Buddy Murphy. I think it's too soon to take it off of him, unless he was a transitional champ. But he is just too good and too strong looking to be a, tra- a traditional sorry a transitional champ. He's got kind of that Neville thing going on right now. I think where yeah. he's he's not quite on the Neville level when it comes to just the the gnarly heel promos, but he does have that cocky, really jacked uh, champ feel going on. Mustafa Ali is a great babyface to work upwards against those kinds of heels, strong heels, and I think they're. I personally think that they're going to put on a great match to a lot of people who have no idea. Uh, what they can do, and the fact that they're allowing this to be on the main show, I think speaks to that. I think people have been watching, and they're going to give them a chance to do something special here, and I hope that's the yeah. case. I, I really hope they do, and 
you know, just since you said what you just said, I don't think any belts should ever be defended on the pre-show period. Hard stuff. I agree. I agree. I'm really happy they're putting this on the. Match. I agree completely. I think we'd still have both Austin Aries and Neville still in the company if they weren't put on the pre-show of WrestleMania with their with Agreed. their with their title match, which was a great match, by the way. So we just kind of talked about this. The tag team Survivor Series ten man battle royale, even though it's going to be eleven men, because we're going to have some managers at ringside. Uh, from back down live from <laughs> next. <laughs> All right, fine. I was going to name off the teams on raw. You have Ascension B team, Lucha house party revival and Gable and rude versus the Usos new day. Sanity. Exactly. Brothers Smackdown, live. <laughs> Smackdown live. Uh, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura, the intercontinental champion versus the U S champion. Who do you think is taking this one? Shinsuke is, is, Treading very close to irrelevance at this point. I don't think Seth can can take this loss. Neither can Shinsuke, but it's going to mean more. Uh, there's there's definitely a point five here of Dean interfering, but I think we both think that Dean is going to interfere, and this ends up in a no contest. So in in my opinion, I, it doesn't matter who we call. This is going to end up in a uh, a, a, a fluff, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's going to be unfinished. But I, if I had to pick one, I'd call Seth to win. So okay, so but here's the thing: is that are you calling Seth for a disqualification finish, or are you calling Seth to like what? Or, well, or, I mean, there's no clean. champions advantage. There's no belts here. There's no none of right. that stuff. Um, I think, uh, I think S- Dean is going to attack Seth, giving Shinsuke the disqu- DQ victory. The DQ loss, you mean? Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. So you think that? Yep. But Dean's going to attack Seth in a way that the ref doesn't see. So Shinsuke then does the the peen shasa the naka the cock nakamura on uh, on Seth and once again once again picks up a Shinsuke finish, sure. So Shinsuke Shinsuke by dick punch Shinsuke by dick punch by by dick punch during interference by Dean. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, yep. I, I'm actually going to take the same line on that. I think Shinsuke is also going over here. He he actually needs this. Seth can uh, Seth can af- avoid the. Um, Seth can avoid looking bad by losing here, especially if there's kind of a muddled finish. But well, they need something as well to embroil the Seth and Dean feud going forward for the next couple of months, right? And 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 there's there's nothing there. So if he interferes in this match and costs Seth uh, the the dream match fight between him and Nakamura, well, and as we said, that, that's, that's perfect. With the promo he gave on on Raw, why give that promo unless he's going to do something at Survivor Series? Otherwise, it was totally. it was a waste of time and a waste of a of a build for the Shinsuke Nakamura match. You should you know it should have been if they're not going to use Dean at Survivor Series, it should have been Seth going. You know what? I I want to only think about Dean, but I have to think about Shinsuke Nakamura. He's going to kill me. You know what I mean? That should have been the angle here. If it's I can't think about Shinsuke Nakamura because I'm too consumed with thinking about Dean. Great, then Seth should lose this match because Dean interferes. So right. because because he's not ready for Shinsuke makes Shinsuke or look because good. he wasn't prepared or because he makes, was thinking about Dean yeah, instead of Shinsuke. It makes Shinsuke you know? look yeah. good and it doesn't make Seth look bad because Dean got involved. So I, yeah. I absolutely think Shinsuke should and will win. If he does not win, I, I think it's a huge error on WWE's part. And if Dean doesn't interfere, I think it's a it's a huge No, boo-boo. I think Dean could not interfere and they could just say Seth was distracted by the the specter of Dean Ambrose and Shinsuke yeah. wins whether muddled or not. If Shins, as long as Shinsuke wins, he needs this. Seth doesn't. Seth can take the loss given his current feud with Dean Dean Ambrose. Blah. Got it. 
Uh, we have the tag team champions match, AOP, your new tag champs, versus th- what I'm calling the big bar, big show and the bar. Who do you think's taking this one? Uh, Freebird rules here. Who do you think is going to be in the match? Uh, well, you're going to, I mean, <laughs> on the side, you've got the big show on one side and Drake Maverick on the other. That's a bit of an, I don't know if <laughs> that's really equal in terms of three. It's not Freebird rules. You've got, you've got the so, tag team. I mean, teams is the big show just going to be in their corner yeah. or is he part of the three man team? No, he's cornering them. He's going to be cornering okay, them. Okay, fine. So AOP versus the bar. I'm going to stick with AOP. They keep the belts on AOP. Uh, I'd like to think so too. I think that, uh, AOP needs to come off looking strong, uh, here and looking down the rest of the card. I'm seeing too many SmackDown wins. Um, and I hate agreeing with, and and I wish there was some kind of stipulation here, uh, in, in a sense of, you know, let these two teams get a little violent. Yeah. Oh, I think they will DQ or put some TLC love into a bunch of hard hitting dudes. I think this could be a really unsung match if they go all out. I think this, this is a match that could actually surprise people because people forget how good AOP are at wrestling. And of course they're about to be reminded. And I think Seamus and Cesaro, people forget how good they are. Yeah. Let's take things back for a second. Just quick aside. Let's not forget that AOP are the ones that dismantled DIY, who are now Tommaso and Champa doing the best work Gargano, of the year over in NXT right sure. now. They had some great matches with them. They had great matches with Revival. They had a ton of great matches. They can work. So I think this could be a great match. Uh, the Women's Survivor Series match from Raw, Natalia, Tamina, Naya, Ruby, and Mickey James versus the SmackDown Live team of Asuka, Naomi, Sonya Deville, Carmella, and an unnamed fifth opponent or person. First of all, I think, first of all, I, I so, think the raw team's picking this one up. Uh, okay. So you're saying raw off the bat. Let's do a point five. Who will be the fifth member of SmackDown? Oh God. Um, I'll tell you what I'll, I'll announce you think about it. <laughs> that came out of nowhere. I know. I didn't. You caught me off guard on that. Sorry one. about that. You think about it. Um, I, I think that, uh, I agree. I'm, I'm seeing just too much SmackDown on the show so far. Like we've picked, uh, I don't see the time. No, this could be something where the women's team could pick this up as well from SmackDown. Um, because the raw team is all heels. Somehow I think that Nia is going to pin, uh, the final, I think Nia is going to pin Oscar. Just get that extra little heat. I really do. But uh, okay. but uh, I'm I'm going to say the fifth member of the SmackDown Live team is probably going to be because here's the thing it's it's Mandy or Nikki, agreed. Right? And I I think it's going to be Mandy Rose. I all right. Well, we got to stop agreeing so much on this show, man. We got to keep it entertaining here. Before you said that, I was I was waiting for you to finish so I could tell you Mandy Rose was going to be my pick one. So, all right. Okay. All right. Well, it's, it's I, Mandy. I still think Raw's going to win, so it's a, it's friggin' irrelevant. Yeah, I also think Raw's going to win as well. I think that uh, because of Mandy and uh, and the issue between Mandy and Sonia, there's going to be some miscommunication, and Nia will end up pinning uh, one of the members of probably someone popular like Oscar. So I said I'm not going to put a point five on that, but uh, yeah, we got to stop agreeing. Next, we got Brock Lesnar and Daniel Bryan, the Universal Title versus the WWE Title. Who do you have in this match? No, I want to let you go first on this one because I have a big theory about Ooh. this one. Uh, Brock Lesnar. I I I I, oh. I think there's a possibility. I think that what they should do is have there be a cheating muddled finish where Daniel Bryan wins and looks good. I don't think it's going to happen. I think Brock is going to win this again. I I think it's I think oh I'm sorry go ahead finish. I'm done that was it that's okay. it I'm just, so I, I, <laughs> he's going to win again Damn I don't it. I think Brock is going to win this 
by disqualification. Ah. Because I think what we're going to see is Daniel Bryan, American Dragon Bryan Danielson, get vicious, bring weapons out, and just beat the holy hell out of Brock Lesnar. Oh, I don't think that's I don't think what that. I want to see. Um, and and I, I think it, I don't want to say muddled finish or interference, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Daniel Bryan had to be dragged off of Brock Lesnar, beating him with chairs and kendo sticks and anything he can get his hands on uh, just to beat the hell out of him to cement that heel turn that he just did on, on Tuesday. Well, I think the fact that they tried to put a little bit of, of uh, faceness on Brock on Monday Night Raw might play into yes. this because people they're going to you're going to want to cheer Brock when Daniel Bryan is going ham on him. No one's going to because everyone's wanted to see Brock get beaten down for a while. I don't think Daniel Bryan's going to go that ham on him. I think, I think we might see some technical stuff, but ultimately Brock is just going to dismantle Daniel Bryan. Uh, he might And Daniel might try some underhanded tricks. There may be another dick punch. Who knows? Uh, I, I could see an outside chance of Daniel Bryan cheating to win, but uh, yeah. I, I really do think this is going to be another Brock match where it's going to be basically what AJ had last year. Brock beats him up. Daniel's a comeback. Brock mans up and, and kills him. So yeah, uh, Ronda Rousey formula. versus Charlotte, a match we thought we were getting at WrestleMania, but we're getting it now thanks to Nia Jax. Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte uh, do you want me to go first on this one, or do you got this one? I the coin flip on this one for really? me. Really? Um, yeah, go go for it. Throw out what you got out there, and I'll process. Ronda Rousey too early to take the heat off of her. I think that uh, Charlotte coming into this last minute, uh, she's on a downward spiral right now. There's a whole storyline with her possibly, uh, you know, having having not having her head in the game. You can hold off the rematch for later. I think Rousey takes this one. You know, the only thing I could think is that. This could refire up the the, the, the the hug ruined this whole thing. <laughs> because let me be clear, they they had an opportunity here for her to pick Charlotte, and then for Charlotte to fail, keep Rousey looking strong, and Becky could be pissed at Charlotte because I picked you because I knew you could beat her. Well, they could do that even more now with the and hug. And they start butting heads. I even I right? even and, hugged you. I hugged you, and you still screwed up. You know. Yeah, they, they could certainly pull it off, but I, that's what I think is going to happen here. I agree with you. Rousey's going to win God this, damn it. and I think it, it just leads to more Charlotte versus Becky over the next few months until we get to, I don't know how we get Becky over on Raw uh, or Ronda on SmackDown. That, there's always a way, Nick. Finally, we'll, we'll, there's, uh, always, there's, a, there's always a way. <laughs> I, I don't even yeah. know if Ronda will be going into WrestleMania as a face. You know, with, uh, with all the other women and the four horsewomen being heels, I'm just I'm not saying... I'm just saying. The Men's Survivor Series match from Raw, Braun Strowman, Drew McIntyre, Dolph Ziggler, Finn Balor, and Bobby Lashley versus SmackDown Live, The Miz, Shane McMahon, the best in the world, Shane McMahon, Jeff Hardy, Samoa Joe, and Rey Mysterio. This is a tough Shane one. Shane McMahon is the X factor in this and Keep in mind, Raw has fight. won the last two years in a row. Agreed. Uh, what, what do you see happening here? I, of all of those names that you rattled off, Shane McMahon is the X factor here yeah. when it comes to doing whatever it takes to win. Huh? Um, I want me to go. I, I, I yeah, you go ahead. Let's talk back and forth a little bit about it before we. Drop oh, I'm dropping. I'm straight up dropping. Raw's got this uh, in the bag. Raw has no, this in the bag. I don't think that at I all. I think they absolutely look. Come on, man. Look down the list of names: Miz, Shane, Jeff Hardy. 
Joe, and Ray Mysterio. Ray Mysterio. All right, fine. Just to be contrarian, I'm going to go with my initial gut feeling and say SmackDown. There we go. Now we have. Now we finally disagree on something. Thank God. Yeah. So this is my thought on this: is you've got Miz. He's a heel. He can lose easily, no problem. Shane. It's Shane. He he loses all the time. Jeff Hardy also loses all the time these days. He has a couple of wins, but he loses all the time. Joe, when's the last time he won anything and he still comes out looking strong? Rey Mysterio is a 40-year-old man who looks great, but let's face it, he's also a legacy star at this point, and he can also lose and put people over. On the Raw side, you have all of the up-and-coming talent. Braun Strowman, Drew McIntyre. Dolph Ziggler is, a, I'd say, the one guy who can you know, afford to lose here and not lose too much luster because he's a bit of an older star. Finn Balor and Bobby Lashley needs to also look good here too. Raw is absolutely going over here with those guys. I don't know. All right, we'll find out. Uh, yep. that, is a, that is our picks for Survivor Series, but that's not the only show happening this weekend, Nick. No, it's going to be a huge weekend. But to talk about that, we got to go over and discuss NXT. NXT was um, a little thin this week. Lots of promos, lots of recaps, lots of, hey, what's coming this weekend on War Games? Lots of really sick, kind of stuff going on. sick video packages, i got to say. Yeah, well, they, they they're, always kill it their with video that, things. Well, man. it helps to have a bunch of good story and character to build on, but yeah, their video yeah. packages are generally pretty sick. But uh, yeah, it's a bit of a slim show this week. Only a couple of matches that really weren't relevant and a little bit of information about uh, the card itself, which we initially thought was going to be five matches Turns out they're actually going to delay one of the matches that will be filmed at TakeOver for the following week. Uh, we had a segment with um, with uh, uh, Matt Riddle and Cassius Ono. That was initially going to be a match at, on the TakeOver pay-per-view itself. Uh, what do you think about their, their pushing that back a week and having that match be the, the main event of the show after TakeOver? It still feels a little rushed and too soon. Uh, it hasn't had time to build. Uh, on on the on the TV show, so I'm I'm curious as to why they would push it anyway in the first place, other than Matt Riddle. Maybe it was terms of his deal for coming over. I don't know. I don't know. Well, there's things we're not going to know that happened behind the general manager's closed door. So, mm. eh, I, 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 that's the only thing I could think. I'm happy they didn't because I want to give all of these matches a lot of time. Sure, and that's that's kind of where I'm coming at it from. Is takeovers tend to be uh, shorter shows, two two and a half hours. Uh, and with the four matches that we have, yeah, give me plenty of time with each of those matches and then 45 minutes on War Games alone, 50 minutes on War Games yeah. alone, right? Matt Riddle versus Cassius Ono, I think is going to be a match that people are going to, that's going to open a lot of eyes. So having it main event uh, a TV show and give them a nice long match as well that can take up most of the show next week, do a couple of recaps of War Games and then just give us a nice Nice, fat, Cassius Ono, Matt, R- Matt Riddle match. I think that's fine. I think that's a good idea. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that you have enough time to really have a good takeover show. And and of all those five matches, this is the light. This is the least one. So it made sense to me. We also had a bunch of setting up of some f- uh, future women's division stars. We had Bianca Belair and uh, Mia Yim had a match. which Bian- Fantastic match. Really good match. A couple of moments I saw... Uh, Bianca not feed too well where she just didn't know where to put her body so Mia could slap her and that kind of yeah. thing but what, whatever it's, it was fine it was a very good match overall Bianca looked great Mia looked good uh, once again Bianca wins she is still undefeated 
And uh, I, I don't know. They, they were talking about a title shot being in the future for Belair. I don't know if she can. I mean, she is a heel. I don't know if she can go up. Uh, she, you wouldn't put her against Shayna Baszler because she will no longer be undefeated. Right. So, yeah. But, but Shayna, Shayna ain't going to be around for much longer. Yeah. I just. Is kind of the point. Well, I, I don't know if it says Shayna's not going to be around much longer or if Bianca's not going to be around much longer. She might just get. Jumped or, up or, or both. both. I, I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if either or both showed up in the Royal Rumble here yeah. in a couple of months. Mia Yim is the X factor here. I think that this was just a way to put some strength on Belair and Mia will come into her own later. It's just a, a way to, mm-hmm. to slowly build her up. So I hope that's the case at least. I, I do love, love I, some I, Mia I Yim. We, you know, it's no secret we love Bianca Belair mm. on this show. We think very highly of her. I, I, I Mia Yim is a fantastic up and comer, and I don't want to even say up and comer because say. she's been she's been around forever. And I'm glad that people that are finally you know getting to see her somewhat in the mainstream. She's a fantastic uh, performer. It's a shame she broke her leg and had to be out for so long. Yeah. But man, uh, I hope you got a taste of it in the May Young Classic, and now we got to see her on TV. Does she need some mic work? Yeah, a little bit, but. I think yeah. it's going to come very, very well. And I, I just saw a report today that she just taped a match with Vanessa Bourne, and I think you can all guess what happened with that match. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of people that were high on on the show, there was also a match uh, between Lacey Evans, one of your favorites, Nick, and Carissa yes. Rivers. Carissa River doesn't Who? doesn't matter. Never seen her before, but apparently she's a she's a, a legacy superstar. But she got murdered by Lacey Evans. Oh, she was a legacy superstar. She was a second generation. That's what I mean. Excuse like me. That. Well, that's all. Yeah. I mean, she looks nice, but I don't, I don't. As soon as I saw Lacey was coming out against her, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this girl gonna die. Uh, and she did. Yeah. She did. She got murdered by Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans then cut a nice, another great promo talking about how she's gonna run down the entire division, teach him what it means to be a lady. Vin- you know Vince McMahon cannot be watching NXT because otherwise, this girl would be already on the main roster. Yeah. That's that's my. There's been a discussion as to whether or not Vince watches NXT. I'm sure he watches some of it. I think he's just missed every time that Lars Sullivan and Lacey Evans are on TV because otherwise yeah. they'd already be at the top of the card. Who is that? Who is that, pal? Much less War Machine. Uh, I don't know about War Machine. Uh, they they're kind of generic. I think That's as fair. far as as far as big WWE tag teams go, like obviously they are they're wildly talented. I love me some some wall wall waiters, but uh, I think that. Oh, I said War Machine. You did. War, war Waiters. <laughs> it's never. That's going to take some war time. War Machine get over. is never going to go away, man. It's just too, too so much better of a name. Uh, but uh, speaking of War Raiders, we had the Wall Waiters. But for us, is Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, we had one member of the War Raiders versus Kyle O'Reilly in the main event to determine who was going to get the advantage at for their for their respective team at War Games. Uh, this was Hanson. Hanson doing a solo fight against Kyle O'Reilly. This was a great match. Kyle O'Reilly got to... Sh- I, going into this, I was like, uh-oh. Okay, this is totally going to be a Kyle O'Reilly on the floor jiu-jitsu match trying to take his legs apart. And it was. And that's exactly <laughs> what we got. <laughs> but it was awesome It because Kyle O'Reilly yeah, it is so much fun to watch. He's so unique with that style. Uh, I am looking forward to him and Matt Riddle going at it, by the way. I've, I've, seen, oh. them do it, I've seen them do it before, but it's... Stop it's, it. Uh, it's tasty. <laughs> But uh, but oh, him versus Hanson, where so you got the Hanson running around being the big juggernaut, and you've got Kyle being the little wily dude who's taking out his leg. It was a really fun match. Of course, it did devolve 
into everyone from War Games coming out and getting. Yeah, of into, course, Adam Cole had to come out and, and run then, his mouth and say. And something. then everybody else comes out and there's a big, big scuffle by the ringside. In the midst of all of the the chaos, Kyle O'Reilly does pick up the sneaky win over Hanson. So now, Undisputed Era will have the advantage at War Games. Of course, if you've ever seen a War Games match, you know that the advantage really doesn't matter at the end of the day because they want to get everyone in there doing crazy shit by the end of the day. So it doesn't really matter. It's just storyline but fine you forgot to mention that ricochet jumped from the other side of the ring over a referee and <laughs> moonsault or uh salted over the uh, uh into the, oh, off the ricochet ring. yeah because he ricochet doing ricochet things exactly and that's that's the funny thing about him is he can do something completely insane and we're like oh yeah ricochet did oh, of thing. course he did that it's ricochet <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh but yeah i can't wait that this war games match is going to be bananas. Just every single can't, time we have a takeover, wait. it's like the takeovers outdo whatever main event pay per view is following it on Sunday. I wish I know, they did them in only, reverse. There's only four matches on this card, and I'm so much more excited. Oh god! But yes. speaking of which, speaking of which, let's head over and talk about takeover itself, uh, and talk about those four matches and give our picks here, Nick. First of all, we had Johnny Gargano, the newly dark. Johnny Gargano's dark side's coming out yes. versus Alistair Black, the man who is not truly evil, not truly good. He's been listening to a lot of Bring Me the Horizon and you know, lighting candles and stuff, Johnny Gargano. God, I hope he's not listening to Bring Me... Bring me oh, maybe Johnny's listening to Bring Me the Horizon. No, that's what I'm talking about. I, yeah, yeah. And I, Black I, I, hoodies I, I, and, you know... Exactly, exactly. Alistair Black is listening to some real shit like Gorgoroth or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> behemoth. Yes. Um, I actually think he does listen to Behemoth. Anyway, neither here nor there. Johnny Gargano versus Alistair Black. Who do you think's picking this one up? You know, th- this is a lot of fun because I think it depends more on how the next match goes as to as to imply how this one's going to go. This is going to be a hard hitting grudge match. Let's not forget Johnny Gargano was discovered as the one that that blindsided Alistair Black several months ago, and we've been going discovered on this, this discovered we knew. We we knew this from day one on this show. What, if you this listen to this show, you knew this. you deserve all the credit. Oh well, what, I was trying to give you credit, Nick, but never mind. This no, show I, I was off in Lars Sullivan. I love Lars Sullivan Land. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I think that uh, Velveteen Dream and Tommaso Ciampa is going to be an so interesting large match there. And sweaty and hairy. I love him so much. He's delicious, Lars Sullivan. <laughs> Yeah, Sorry, I, I didn't do that at all. <laughs> a little bit. No, no, I didn't. A little bit. Anyway, Stroking Johnny Gargano gets his chance, or Alistair Black gets his redemption on Johnny Gargano for attacking him outside. Alistair Black is picking this one up. Uh, I think it's just going to send Johnny down darker into the dark place that he's going to need to get to because the next match and the mm. outcome of that is going to lead us to much further things. Mm. I, I think you have a really strong case for, for Black picking this up. It, here's the thing. They could evolve Johnny's character either way with a win or a loss here. A win could prove him right, and a loss could make him go even more crazy. So I re- this is a coin. This is the most coin flippy coin flip match I've ever had to pick. Uh, I I can't, I can't even imagine who, who was going to win this. I think it actually. Uh, I don't want to agree with you yet again. But I think Alistair will pick this up because they need to keep Alistair looking strong. And the only way Johnny would win is if he does some sort of heelish cheating yeah. to win this. No, that I is think, the X factor, isn't it? Is that if 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 you yeah. lo- if Alistair Black loses this, then what? Then what? I think their feud might continue beyond this and it will keep Johnny occupied. I think I'm going to go with 
Johnny winning this on some sort of heel tactic. And then Alistair Black has more reason to continue going after him. But Johnny is then proven right. Hey, being bad works. So I think that's the story they're going to go with here. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. But again, I, I can see them play it either way. Either way could work. I could absolutely see Black just kick his head off and get that redemption he's looking for. Could so totally officially, who did you pick? I picked Johnny. You picking Johnny. I'm picking Alistair. Cool. We got to disagree at some point, man. Yeah. All right. And Next I, up, point we got uh, like this, Velveteen yeah. Dream uh, against the NXT champion Tommaso Ciampa. This is an easy one, I think. Okay. I, I, there's no way they're taking the belt off Ciampa right now. Not with all the weight they're putting on the Ciampa Gargano feud. I think that uh, Velveteen Dream, as much as I'd love to see the belt on him, he doesn't need to win here. He's so over. He doesn't need the win. I think he's only ever won one takeover out of like five. So yeah, Velveteen Dream does not need to win this. Ciampa does. He needs a statement win. He needs to drive Johnny Gargano that much more insane with a win here uh, and keep Johnny looking ahead to fighting Ciampa as his ultimate goal. I want to disagree with you, but I can't. (laughs) I do see a a, a slim possibility where they could take this off of Ciampa for the short-term transitional whatever to have Gargano go and get it off of Dream and then Ciampa come back and want it back. I I can see a way. I can see a path there, but it just doesn't make any sense right now. I think it's more about Dream's not ready yet than uh, Ciampa whether he can do it, lose it or not. Yep. I, I, I think we learned a lesson with Alistair Black. Don't call somebody up or don't put the belt on somebody too quickly, especially after the string of NXT champions we had all the way up to to, to Bobby Roode and McIntyre and, yep. and Cian Almas. Yep. Uh, it, it, look at what happened with Black. It was, it was a complete bust. So I think Velveteen Dream, still too early, would be the same thing. It's, that's my reasoning for Ciampa taking the victory here. Works for me. We've got Shayna Baszler versus Kyrie Sane in their. It's like their rubber rubber match at this point. It's their fourth match. It's a best of three falls match. But it's for, for cereals this time. It's for super cereals. Uh, who do you think is picking this one up? Uh, you might think I'm crazy. I think Kyrie Sane. I think you're crazy. Okay. I actually do think you're crazy. I think that uh, the reason that Baszler's absolutely picking this one up is because now she's got the heel faction on her side. The only way that Baszler loses this one is if they're calling her up, man. Otherwise, there's just nothing, nothing else, no other reason. I'm, I'm taking a, a flyer on this one because I think Kyrie's going to bring her own backup. Mm, that would be cool. That'd be really cool. I, I really, I, I think that would be a lot of fun if like Io Shirai and Matsumoto come out or something like that. You know, that would be sweet. And then, but then, I don't know. I don't see it happening. I see, I see Baszler picking Shafir this one up. If Shafir and, and Jessamine Duke show up, and, and interfere with this, it completely negates the whole point of a best of three falls in the first place. So right. that's, I, I that's don't know heel. if they will even interfere in that. I would like to see these two have a legit final nail in the coffin, best of three falls match, and yeah. let's be done and everybody move forward. I just like the fact they're going to get the time to really do this match. Yeah. And these two are fantastic together. I love their dynamic. I love how they work together. I can't wait for this match. Yep. Finally, speaking of matches, I can't wait for War Games! War Games! Arguably the best thing that happened in all of 2017 was the return of War Games. And it was one of the best matches of the year. War, and this one's going to top it. I'm telling you right now. This is is even better than Sanity and Undisputed Era. And and, and AOP. Wall Waiters, Ricochet, and Pete Dunne versus Undisputed Era. Are you kidding me? 
Are you kidding me? We got to we got to catch up here, Nick. So real quick, who do you think's picking this one up? Uh, I, I think this is about um, Pete Dunne and Ricochet more than anything. And I would love to see. I, I think they're going to walk out of here with War Raiders as the victors. See, okay, then that's interesting. I think uh, one of the Raiders is getting pinned, and Undisputed Era is walking out with oh, this one. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and and I could be totally wrong. Uh, they could have, you know, I don't know, Bobby Fish to eat the pin. But I think there's more to be done with Undisputed Era being those cocky bastards who just win war games again. I think there's more to be done there than having them I'm lose here. I think they need to keep them strong. I, oh, come I, I, it's, on. It's one part I said it wrong and one part I didn't finish my complete thought. So let me back up a step. This is more about Pete Dunn and Ricochet than any of these other people, the other people that are you in the think? match. I think so. I think oh. they're going to build on that even more. Okay. But what I need the opposite needs to happen. So they need to lose. So I agree with you. Okay, I think so War Raiders is going to get pinned. Yeah. And Undisputed Air is going to win. But the, the outcome or, of this is going to be Pete Dunn and Ricochet. Or Ricochet eats the pin and him and Pete Dunn go because of Pete Dunn, something Pete Dunn does. How dare you, know you I mean? sir? How dare you blaspheme Ricochet? How dare you? I'm never going to eat a pin it, because he's Ricochet. <laughs> well, you just, uh, you just called that one out. Now he's definitely eating the pin. Uh, so those are our picks. We got to run through the rest of the show, Nick. We got a lot more to get to and not a lot of time. So let's head on over and talk about the wide world of wrestling. Well, we talked about 205 Live a little bit ago. Uh, had some stuff go on this week. Nothing really Nothing stands really out other than the championship match that we're going to have at Survivor yeah, Series. Yeah, Drew Gulak and Jack Gallagher defeated Akira Tozawa, Brian Kendrick. I don't know if the audience is connecting with Kendrick as a heel yet. Uh, I guess they're building a story, but this was kind of nothing. They really used 205 Live, I think, more to build Survivor Series and to tie up some loose ends in the main event of it. Um, they had Lindsay Dorado and Kalisto defeat a couple of enhancement guys, which I think is just a way to build Lucha House Party for Survivor Series. <coughs> too late, guys. Yeah. Too late. Uh, but then the main event was Cedric Alexander versus Leo Rush, which was a great match, as you would expect. These guys, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I wish Leo Rush would get more opportunity to wrestle in front of a big stage. Because he's fantastic, and so Cedric, as you know, if you've ever seen him wrestle. Um, but Cedric does pick up the win here, which is interesting because his character was on a downward spiral, and Leo was was positioned as not being insignificant. So maybe this is the end of Cedric Alexander's downward spiral. We okay. will see coming. We'll see coming up in two hundred five live in the future. But this was just kind of a throwaway episode before Survivor Series. Not a lot. Really happened. Not a lot of plot really got evolved here. I think the worst thing that happened to Leo Rush was getting stuck behind uh, Bobby Lashley. But well, I don't know. I agree we'll with you. He's, he's one of the most exciting performers on 205 Live. God, he's fast. And if, if we could oh. see him actually wrestle on Raw, I think it would change. It'd be game changing. I agree. So let's head over and talk about our listener questions. Thank you to everyone who submitted this week. If you would like to submit your listener questions to us and have them read aloud and answered on the show, head on over to patreon.com. We do have a tier that allows you for the price of a Big Mac once a month to have your listener questions read on every episode of our show if you so desire. I I like Wendy's doubles. Just letting you know. Just throwing that out there? Okay. Uh, So, Nick, I'm going to start off and ask this to you. This is from Will James. Hey, Will. Do you? Do you like the stakes for the Mixed Match Challenge, which they've announced? And that, that is that the winners will come in at the 30th position at the Royal Rumble. And uh, who are your two early picks for the winners to nab those spots? Given, given the standings right now in the Mixed Match Challenge, we've got about another, I believe, month or so. So let me, let me ask, and, what is the question again? What are the, the, the stakes? Who's, 
who's winning the mixed match challenge and coming in at 30th of the Royal Rumble? And how do you do? Do you like that being the the what the stakes are? The win. I think that's like, a fantastic winner. stipulation. I agree. I, I think it's really cool because it's typically been like, you know, whoever comes in the last five, one of those folks are going to be the winner, right? So right, I, right. I think winning this now it really requires some discussion that we don't have really have time for. Yeah. Around you know if the mixed match challenges outside of kayfabe or not or all of those dynamics of professional wrestling. Um, who are my early picks for the to nab those spots? I don't know Braun Strowman and Ember Moon. <laughs> That's Punch all I'm seeing right now. Me in the right face now. with those two obvious they're, as obvious ringers. They're they're four and zero. Oh. The only other team that's undefeated right now is Charlotte Flair and AJ Styles slash Jeff Hardy. Um, and I think that having I mean Braun should be in the the Royal Rumble for more than that. So maybe he doesn't pick it up and someone else sneaks in past them. Um. But I, I don't know who that would be. I mean, to be Oscar clear, the Miz I'm picking could it more for Ember Moon than Braun Strowman. Oscar and the Miz could go two and zero in mixed match challenges, and both of them come out at thirty, and that could be really entertaining for both of their characters. So that's that's who I'll, I'll go with Oscar and the Miz coming back, making a comeback after losing this week for the first time since the mixed match challenge started. Yeah. But uh, I do like the, I, I like the basic idea of that. It makes it exciting. It gives them something to fight for, as opposed to just a charity. Who would you know? Stakes. Who cares? Love stakes. Rule uh, stakes and weights, baby. Yeah. Rule Sheerans uh, says Cody asked on Twitter, "What is the one match for me for Cody you want to see in 2019?" So Rule asks, "Who do you guys pick versus Cody?" He also says, "P.S. Elias is a face. I told you so. You did indeed. I didn't see it coming. Rule Sheerans did see it coming. So who do you want to see Cody face in 2019?" Uh, Becky Lynch. <laughs> Now, all joking aside, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing Cody face off against like a Jericho. I'd like, to see, but if that could happen, okay. I'd like to see that. Match. It absolutely could happen. There's yeah. a bunch of people. Absolutely, uh, I'd he, love. He's got to get done with his Naito Intercontinental thing. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of well. It's a, it's a long year coming up. Uh, off the top of my head, Pack, the former Neville. I'd love to see that match. Uh, I, either of the Lucha Brothers, Phoenix or Pentagon Junior. Uh, we'd mm. love to see that. Yeah, Pentagon uh, and, versus Cody. Hell yes. And, and finally, PWG champ and currently running through the ranks at Ring of Honor, Jeff Cobb. All day. Yep. So yes, those please. are those would be my picks. See some see for some Cody action there. Um, real I'll quick, st- I'll Nick, stick with my pick of Becky Lynch. Uh, of course you will. Yep. Uh, as long as it's not Nia Jax, we don't want to see Cody get injured even more. Uh, let's really quickly I didn't run. Say it, you did. I. It's just too easy. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> it's come on. Oh man! Well, hey, we're not done. We got some quick lightning round other news, real quick. Beep 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 beep. All right, New Japan news, real quick. They are starting up their World Tag League on November seventeenth, which I believe is tomorrow. Tomorrow, hey, it's fantastic. It's the G one for tag teams. They got a bunch of great teams, which we'll actually we'll start running it down next week because it does go between the seventeenth and December 9th. We got plenty of time to talk about it. A lot of reunited teams from last year. Yeah, it's not really going to matter until another week or so anyway. Michael Elgin and Jeff Cobb are back together. That's weird. Uh, but who, the winner does face the Gorillas of Destiny at Wrestle Kingdom. So it does have some stakes to this as well. Plus, Okada and Tanahashi are going to actually tag together in a six-man tag team bout, which they said they would never do. So it's, it is a pretty big deal, but we'll get into that more next week. But start watching it this weekend. Uh, it's I always have a lot of fun with it. I think it's fantastic. Uh, there was the release of the, 
the movie trailer for Fighting With My Family, the movie about Paige and her family. People were wondering what the heck happened to that thing. Well, it's coming out soon, so there you go. I think it looks all right. I think it could be enjoyable. Wait and see. Wait and see. Yeah. Speaking of Cody being injured, he tore a meniscus this last weekend at Ring of Honor Global Wars. Uh, He waited for some doctors to tell him he was okay. He is still set to go at Ring of Honor Final Battle on December 14th and at Wrestle Kingdom 13. He'll then have surgery afterwards in January. He says Final Battle will be his last Ring of Honor match, and should he win, should he beat Jay Lethal, he will take the heavyweight belt with him into free agency. That a boy. Oh man, that's that that's, could be that's crazy. Talking some, that's th- spitting some shade right there. And I, uh, and I will say, I have torn meniscus twice. Um, yes. in the same knee, you can still move around on it. it Apparently, he still you, got when you yeah. hyperextend a little too much, or if you turn yeah. a certain way. But it's. Other than that, it feels fine. It's, they're going to tape him to hell. Yep. Uh, in other injury news, Joey Ryan tore not the muscle you'd expect. He tore his pectoral muscle. So that puts now Joey Janela and Joey Ryan out. Both the Joeys are out uh, with he injuries rubbing for that quite oil a while. On too hard, I guess. Oh, man. Never use the word hard in reference to Joey Ryan. Oh, come you on. You know that. Every you time know that. you use that word. Oh, uh, come on. Uh, and then finally, there was a rumor out there that Stone Cold Steve Austin had stopped drinking beer because now pot was legal in California. <laughs> he, uh, he, he recently debunked this saying, why the fuck would I do that? I'm a responsible <laughs> adult and I'll be drinking beer till the day I die. Basically, he was just going on a diet and cutting out the beer a little bit. He was not stopping drinking beer by any stretch. Plus, he has, not. His, he has his own damn beer brewed right down the street from me here in, in, uh, in uh, El Segundo. It's where I left something my, ra- his ranch, isn't it? Uh, broken, well, it's Broken, broken Skull. Ranch. Broken Skull. Broken Skull yeah. IPA. We actually carry it at the bar I work at. It's delicious. It's actually a really good IPA. And yes, they do brew it. It's uh, El Segundo Brewing. I left my wallet there one time. So that's been our show this week, Nick. And... Uh, yeah, well, we had a we had a fun week. We got a Survivor Series and Takeover coming up, which we'll be going over on Monday on our recap show about this huge weekend. And we have our regular show next Thursday to talk about the fallout from Survivor Series and Takeover. But uh, man, it was there's a lot to unpack. Yeah, there's this a lot week. going on this week specifically, and the last couple three weeks have been actually pretty active. I'm, I've you know, once we got past the evolution and obligatory crown jewel kind of stuff, I, I feel like things are uh, kind of settling back in. Settling down. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, well, settling in, uh, but then every once in a while you hit a road bump and just uh, just hits you right in the face that the, the weird stuff just happened. Anyway, no! um, so yes, everybody, thank you for checking us out this week. Don't forget to go join us on Facebook in our Facebook discussion group. Uh, we have a lot of fun over there. In addition, check us out on Twitter at BWO Podcast. On Patreon, you can find us patreon.com forward slash BWO. And on YouTube, we go live. We will be going live again every week at 5 p.m. at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Busted Wide Open. And I'll be sure and post some fun pictures uh, in the Facebook discussion group so you guys can see what kind of chaos I'm actually working with here uh, setting up the new studio. But baby steps... Baby steps. I'm actually at a desk in the new studio right now recording in your this thing. Beautiful, gorgeous new house there while yes. I'm still living in the danger cave in Los Angeles and paying more than some people pay for four bedroom houses <laughs> to breathe Half fire dollar. smoke. To breathe yeah, to, to be sitting here going to, to act like I'm a ten year smoker. And allegedly <laughs> SoCal Edison is involved with this somehow, I heard. Anyway, uh, that's a wrestling show. Tracks. 
Let's it's get a wrestling out of here. show. All right. <laughs> I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God, Did somebody stop Nia Jax. This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.